may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. We broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. This is the place to be. I'm going to just thank the Global Star Radio Network for all they do, making us sound good, even though we don't. And uh, that's a check-in from our studio dog lady, who's uh, who's now prowling the studios and the offices of the Hagman and Hagman Report. And she is doing a great job. So if you hear her chime in, you'll know that she is just doing her job and uh, watching for predators, prowlers, and I uh, can't think of anything else that starts with a P that I can say on the, on, the, on the radio. Anyway, folks, we're simulcast on BTR, Blitz Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live and, of course, by archive on YouTube. Just go to HagmanandHagman.com. That's our page, Internet Presence on, on, the, uh, presence on the Internet. That's HagmanandHagman.com, two N's, one G, one H. <laughs> Let's spell out the word and. Let me spell it for you. Now, we've got two websites. We also have um, HagmanReport.com for news information, analysis, show prep, if you will. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, a fellow investigator, researcher, and, of course, my son, Joe Hagman. Together, we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son investigating reporting team. Now, we got a great show for you lined up tonight. I want to thank Greg Jackson uh, for all of his hard work and uh Helping us out in a number of different ways, including but not limited to, um, we're going to have Kurt Schilling on tonight. Uh, Kurt Schilling is the baseball legend who was fired from his job at ESPN for uh, speaking the truth. Apparently, that's well, as they say, a revolutionary act here in America, speaking the truth. We stand firmly, at least I do, I, Joe and I stand firmly behind Kurt Schilling, his right to say what he wants to say. And I've seen arguments, um, I've, I've seen the arguments on, on different sides. 
me tell you something. All right. Soviet Union, you may remember this. And one of the uh, one of the authors, if you search his name, one of the stories there. Uh, one of the authors had uh, it talked about the old days of the Soviet Union, where Stalin, Brezhnev, and the rest would literally airbrush out out of photographs of those who fell out of favor, killing them and sending family members to Siberia. Just it, it wasn't sufficient. They had to be erased from the collective memory. This is what ESPN is doing to Kurt Schilling documentary. Well, ESPN's airbrushing a game played by former Red Sox great Kurt Schilling out of a documentary in the 2004 American League Championship Series. Go figure. Yeah, this is... Uh, Go figure. ESPN does a, a, a 30 for 30. Right. And this is... Um, they pl- They play 30 documentaries... In 30 days. Okay. Now, uh, Mr. Schilling was a guest on our show once before in That's 2015. Right. That's right. During his suspension from ESPN, he was suspended for a uh, social media post comparing Muslims to Nazis. Yeah. And uh, now he has been fired. He went to Twitter posted on Twitter a picture of a, a man dressed as a woman and just basically said a, man, a men's room is for men who were born naturally as men and a women's room is for women who were born naturally women. Gee, be still my heart. I, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 man. Meanwhile, I learned... Uh, I don't know, man. Been doing the pre-show here, reading through some articles, there's a, uh, another... Uh, analyst on ESPN who said he wanted to drive a car, uh, hit Sarah Palin with his car. Right. He still works there. Yeah, I, I think there said, was. Kurt so, said that ESPN is one of the most racist <clears throat> yeah. or, uh, places and organizations <clears throat> to work right, to right. work for. And uh, Mike Ditka, the <clears throat> famous Chicago Bears coach, was let go after he was critical of the president. Uh, a few years back, also. Well, well, so they're very political. You see, here, here's the, the thing. We are now the most divided, in my view, than we've ever been, and this is by design. This is deliberate, and and I'm going to be getting that in, into that in a second before we go too far into tonight's programming. And it's going to be a great program at that. I just want to mention folks. Pro flowers. Absolutely. You know, Mother's Day is this weekend, right? Mother's Day is this coming Sunday, only six days basically away. Mom has always been there for you, cooking, giving you relationship advice, fixing your cuts and bruises. What about your wife, the mother of your children? How about your grandma? How about that special person in your life? Who's a mother? Who's a mom? Many. You know many. And they all deserve flowers. Every woman likes to get flowers. I know. I know they say, oh, no, you don't have to do that. But they do. They love flowers. And you will never be disappointed by the flowers from proflowers.com. 
here's the deal. Get, get mom a hundred blooms with a free glass of vase for just the nineteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling. Or you can make her day extra special, upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just nine ninety nine more. Folks, go to proflowers.com today. Use our code Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, in the blue microphone box. You'll see it there. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. Just type in the word Hagman. More on that later. But, as I was saying, right now we are in the most divisive time in history, I believe, in the history of our country. You've got demonstrators, these these paid-for shills, these mind-numbed, mind-numbed populace flipping off Trump supporters, shouting expletives at passing cars. You've got a poll. Well, you know, Trump uh, shouldn't be there antagonizing uh, right, with his free right, speech right, and all. Right, right. I mean, he's the problem here. Well, don't you see where Trump goes, trouble follows. You know, we uh, we just okay. <laughs> this is beyond. This is absolutely beyond. The, the saddest part is um, that what I just said is a uh, a popular. That's right. Um, justification or, or uh, they blame Trump for the protesters and their violence and. People believe it. That's the sad part. Well, I think what we're seeing goes far beyond anything that is spontaneous. What we're seeing right take place right now is about as spontaneous as the Arab Spring was. And we know that was orchestrated. We are seeing this divisiveness. Here's the deal. See, America is both a barrier and a prize. Now think about this. Let's think about this for a moment here. And listen carefully, because I believe this is really important. Uh, for a long time, America has served as the barrier against the advancement of communism, which is the vehicle that carries the payload of the New World Order, which is really the Old World Order revamped. It's a barrier because of, well, obviously geography. There's there's two reasons why it's a barrier. Obviously because of geography, one cannot a foreign country would be hard pressed to invade successfully America because two oceans and large landmass borders separate the country from without. But the other part of that equation it's the barrier and a prize the prize being the american people and the mineral or the american people and the assets of of the country but you see america america as it once was we were once a moral and godly and spiritual population and i intend to write about this in fact i am writing about this and, and you cannot thrust a new world order or or have a new, an entire new world order the the world order effective without america and you cannot have america part and parcel to this new world order without assailing the morality and the spirituality of its population you can't have a godly people and have a new an effective new world order so the globalists are faced with a choice do we do we eradicate the christians and people that 
hold on to a spirituality that's most consistent with the Bible and laws that are most consistent with the Constitution, or do we, or or, or do we try something else? Well, Bill Ayers, don't forget, talked to um, Larry Grathwell and said, you know, we're just going to have to exterminate. Uh, if it comes down to it, up to 25 million people at that time. Well, the goal was, I believe, of, of taking the choice of, of not exterminate but infiltrate. Mm-hmm. Then perhaps exterminate, but infiltration. The, the White House Correspondents' Dinner this weekend, the president, uh, the renegade, opened with a joke about how everybody looked nice and how the republic looked so nice being dead. Or almost dead, or whatever he, whatever he said. Mission accomplished. He even went, <laughs> went on to make jokes about, um, uh, bringing, uh, a judge in uh, against Republic, basically along partisan lines. You know, let's just get this over with now. And obviously, you know, there's humor. It's kind of like a roast atmosphere at those dinners. But not like but th- this was yeah. just um, way over the top. Not only the president, but the uh, comedian who who was after him was Larry, the guy who took over for the Daily Show, Larry Wilmore. He uh, well, well, sparked some well, outrage. Well, what a first of all, he wasn't funny. Number one, he was not funny. No, he number was two, some, I mean, his comedy um, was cheap shots at at the attending audience. Yeah, I, I was in the back row, sitting next to uh, uh, Katie Kirk, and uh, uh, she, she didn't find it funny either. We we we, we, we talked. I oh wait, I didn't no. get an invitation. No, no, Damn. no. Um, no, <sighs> the entire White House. Uh, that, that the last uh, the last correspondence dinner. That's um, that really doesn't even warrant discussion, but except to say that, that it's amazing how uh, you've got this Larry Wilmore who can uh, shout out the N-word. Yeah, I was okay. offended. He should be fired. Uh, and Obama being, quote, cool with that, end quote. Appreciating his spirit and sentiments, of course. But see, this is how the, the, the sick, perverse progressives work. It's okay. It's all right when this happens. Here's the other thing, though. Um, getting back to America being divided. It, it, those who believe that America, that, that this election, it's either do or die, this election, and, and, um, this, this election is, is actually the most important election in, in modern history. If you believe that, then you, you're going to have to follow backwards and ask, ask some hard questions and get some, demand some, demand some honest answers. Because if that's the case, if that's what you believe, then we must, at this point, be facing a, a, a very deep abyss. And, and let's make a distinction that, you know, there are a lot of people who join uh, our listener listening audience, um, you know, every day, every week, every month, mm-hmm. new listeners. Right. Uh, people have to understand that after going through this left-right paradigm, getting a new president, offering new solutions, you know, new hope, when you study these things and go through these things and live these things over and over, expecting the change, expecting the hope uh, to to follow through, and are just destroyed and disappointed due to your own expectations, 
you learn that there is no Republican and Democrat. It's an illusion of a choice for a consolidation of power. That's why we say that if this, if you think this is the most important election in American history or if it will make a difference, it, it really won't. Well, I, I, I mean, it will to the extent that. Yes. Okay. Go on with that. The person who is elected will, uh, work to make the change. Now, we were promised something with this president and he did the opposite. He, he did hope and change. He just changed things in a way we hoped he wouldn't. Well, and, uh, yeah. Well, look, folks, uh, what we're facing, if you believe that this is the most important election in history and you believe that, that this is a do or die, that we have to get America back, take America back, then you, then you also must believe that we are at, at a precipice like no other time in history. And this is why we see this, this fighting in the streets. We're seeing the fighting in the streets not as a result of the elections, but as a result of the divide that is coming, becoming, uh, coming forth from the elections. All right. What I'm telling you is this, and you're, you're right as well, Joe, where, um, it really doesn't matter who, whether it's Trump, Cruz, or Hillary, or Sanders, or whatever, the, whoever the person is, what we're seeing is not a concept, not necessarily a, um, not, not because of the people, but because of the ideology behind the people. It's the movement behind the people as opposed to the people themselves. One may argue that personalities have something to do with it. However, at the very core, at the epicenter, is, in my view, the fact that we are a divided nation. And this nation became divided deliberately or was divided deliberately because in order to to take over a country, in order to take over the United States, you can't take it over by uh, when we're unified. And so, in order to unify together, we're unified in an ideology or, or belief uh, system. Yeah, I mean, when when we are a country who is unified in purpose and unified, um, when we ever act together, it's difficult to to overtake a country. Now, having said that, it's easier to take a country over when when there's this division along not just partisan lines but ideological and spiritual lines as well. And this is what we're seeing. So. You're not going to hear anything like this on the mainstream media. You're not going to hear, despite the qualities, admirable qualities Chris Wallace has, you're not going to hear him talk about anything meaningful when it comes to these types of issues. You're going to hear him talk about politics, and, and that's it. Same with Rush Limbaugh, same with Sean Hannity. You're not going to get into the the uh, blood sacrifice that exists in, in the abortion mills. Is it you're not going to get know. into this. No, it's, it's because they have their talking points, and that's it. Because in order to, to, when the historians of, of in the future are allowed to do a post-mortem on the United States of America, they will find the cause of death to be from multiple occasions of blood and force trauma. And many, and it's going to be murder of a country, of a nation, of a republic. And it's going to be found that, that there were, were many spectators, but few people stepped up to intervene. That's a metaphor, I suppose, to the autopsy that will be done on America. And I truly believe that what we're seeing here is is the final throes of Republican trouble. Now, uh, I mentioned abortion. Many headlines to get into, a lot of things to discuss. It's interesting that Planned Parenthood scored yet another courtroom victory.
against the Settle Center for Medical Progress. I'm not sure how many people saw this last week. Mm-mm. Uh the courtroom battles over the Center for Medical Progress undercover investigative videos that highlighted Planned Parenthood's profiting. Exposed. Uh, yeah, exactly. They profited from the trafficking of aborted uh, baby tissue. Which is a felony. Okay, right. Okay. Well, the, the battle continues to rage. And the fact is, in California, the National Abortion Federation and Planned Parenthood scored a minor victory when a federal judge issued an injunction preventing CMP and investigative journalist David Daleden from releasing any more footage. Now, according to the Legal Defense Foundation, which is assisting the legal battle, the judge's ruling was based in part on the NAF's allegations that the videos were deceptively edited. B.S. they were edited. Do you okay. remember before that this indictment came, they were going to indict Planned Parenthood, but before this, there was an order by a judge issued for them not to release any more videos also in California? But after yes, the yes, second one Yes, they, and they released, yes. Okay. And, and yes, it was a, it was a roundabout. But see, in an amicus brief that was signed by six members of Congress, ladies and gentlemen, the findings of an independent forensic report irrefutably established that the videos were not manipulated, they were not altered, they were not doctored, or they were not misleadingly edited in any way, shape, or form. Well, there were edited versions, but they were the <clears throat> whole f- version was released. I understand that. We're as, talking about deceptively the cut down. The yes. accusation from the was that they national cut abortion it to make it sound like right. it said something right. it didn't, but in reality, everything that was heard was in context. We find, and I'm quoting here from the Life Legal Executive Director Alexandra Snyder said said this. We find this free speech arguments provided by 11 of the nation's leading constitutional experts to be particularly compelling. With each day that goes by, the judge's ruling erodes our First Amendment protections by impeding the free flow of information. Here's the situation, folks. You've got an activist judge making a ruling on a piece of evidence that is throwing the Center for Medical Progress under the bus for nothing, for no reason, for no legitimate reason. This is a California ruling, this is a California judge, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Again, we have an amicus brief that was filed by six members of Congress, findings of an independent forensic report that irrefutably established that the videos were not manipulated, they were not altered, they were not doctored, they were not edited in any deceptive way, in any meaningful way whatsoever. And yet this judge, this rogue judge, finds against the Center for Medical Progress. This is an attack on the free speech against those who are anti-abortion, more appropriately said, pro-life. This is an attack on, on people like the Hagman and Hagman Report, Rick Wiles, Alex Jones, anyone who steps up and says, abortion is murder. And we're waiting, frankly. We're waiting we're waiting for our turn in the censorship chair. You see, anyone can sue anything, anybody for anything, just about. <clears throat> Prove that. And, and and see, these abortion mills, these murderous doctors, these doctors, how dare these doctors call themselves doctors? They don't want these videos to be shown that tell us that tells us that uh, we hit a nerve.
This is this is amazing. This is an amazing ruling. This is an absolutely amazing ruling. And there's again, if you didn't hear about this, this did happen last week. And uh, yeah, read a few more sentences here, or read a few sentences apart from. Uh, the Leighton's undercover videos, the public would have no way of knowing about the abortion industry's practice of selling the parts of aborted babies. The public clearly has a right to access this important information. You think so? I do. Now, Thomas More Society, their attorneys filed a, an appeal last week with the United States Supreme Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. You've got to figure it's the Ninth Circuit Court, right? Arguing for reversals of the injunction. They argue that the injunction was a blatant, blatantly unconstitutional prior restraint on free speech. Now think about that phrase. Blatantly unconstitutional prior restraint on free speech. That's using the legal system to shut up people like us but more accurately, to shut up the truth coming from the Center for Medical Progress. Believe me, the legal system has been weaponized by, by these by these uh, despicable, despicable human beings. I was taken to task by some idiot blogger. I mean, out-to-lunch idiot blogger. What did you do? Well, saying uh, I had to re-examine our. Sh- I'm not. You know what? I I I don't want to be accused of misquoting, but I was called a professional liar. You know, uh, basically, for actually is it using for, for for actually um, uh, having the tenacity, having the temerity, having the having the audacity, as in my role as an investigator to as a Christian to, to present myself as someone I was not you see this 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 holier than thou Christian <laughs> sick are you talking about in our uh, working on yeah, the yeah, crime investigation yeah, yeah. see see yeah it, 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 so so as a Christian one, one should not do that apparently according to this holier than thou Christian ankle biting Christian and, and the reason this pisses me off so much, and excuse my language, is because is because these people, these people, and people like this, and I say these people because there are multiple people, will use Christianity as a pretext for inaction. They will also use its laws, uh, which each and every one of us breaks every day, to point out flaws that other people have or areas they perceive or See, uh, want to right. spin and make it look as somebody is doing something wrong when, in fact... Um, this person would be likely be more pissed off over the fact that David DeLeden and his people actually went in and got the evidence right. under pretext than the fact that Amer- that babies are being slaughtered. How how dare you? How dare you call yourself a Christian? 
How dare you? Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have, um, there's a few scriptures that deal with this. The, the liberalism is what they call it. The, uh, they talk about, in two references, the Old Testament references in Isaiah, and then there's some in Second Corinthians. And what they talk, what it talks about in here is, it says, whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your preve- professed subject subjugation into the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men and by their prayer for you which long after you for the exceeding grace of God thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift and what this is talking about is uh, what it starts talking about is about how our minds how we think how things are vain that we think are are some some things some things, we think so, about so some, as there's, good and, there's synapses firing improperly up there, I believe, in some cases. Yeah, and, and perception is a lot. <clears throat> some people look at one thing and, and you know see beauty, and other will look at that beauty and see uh, ugliness. We see, see the world right now is everything's backwards, upside down. Good is literally evil. The truth is hate speech. That's right. Murder is good. Right. And, and you know, it, it, David Deleton and, and his people go into Planned Parenthood and under pretext, permissible pretext, I might add. Now, there are some issues, at least, at least in that context. And, and, and please understand, people, I'm not saying if, if there is false identity, a state identity, that's something different. But in the pretext of the venue, went in under a pretext, a permissible pretext posing as an investigative journalist to obtain uh, verification, video verification, and authentic, uh, uh, authenticated uh, verification of a felt felonious act. And he did so. They did so. They accomplished this. And people are hacked off about it, you see. And, and then you've got Christians standing up So they up weren't for, journalists? Uh, well, you, you got people say, well, man, you, you know, boy, as a Christian, you shouldn't do that. Okay, well, then, then you you know, the, the, the Christian guy and the Christian, the, the Christian uh, uh, police officer, undercover police officer, you better tell you better tell them not never ever to uh, to go in under a pretext. The the Christian uh, vice officer make sure to, to make sure that, that you can't be that you know you can't do that uh, under the banner of Christianity. How sick are these people? How you know, sick? The interesting thing, are these people? The uh, incident you're talking about that somebody took you to task for, quote unquote. We didn't. We, although we did use a pretext, it wasn't a lie. It was the truth. We were journalists. Well, many, many, t- yeah, but many times I've gone in and, and represented well, myself as, as someone I was not, I but, know, but, but still under time, the first, but, but yeah, but it doesn't matter. That guy, a uh, truth. Right. It was a truth. You were uh, a journalist for Canada. But, for see, it would not even matter. See, it doesn't matter, Joe, because nothing would ever be good enough for them. You see, well, they've it, always man. got an ankle bite. They've always got a, they've always got a, and the reason I'm really hacked off right now about this, and, and I'll tell you why. Because there is so much more going on around them. They are leading people to slaughter through their words. They're leading people, they're diverting people away from the issues because of what they're saying. They're costing people salvation in some cases, I believe. It's my personal belief. And if you quote me, you damn well better quote me correctly. You understand? I mean, word for flippin' word correctly. 
and you know who I'm talking about. All right. Let's take a break. Uh, Can we do that? Well, you want some music? You want Eric to sing? Do, are you we want capable of this? Todd to play the violin. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. <laughs> I guess I'm waiting for nothing, right? <laughs> no. We, yeah. Nah, we'll, just kidding. All right. Is there music playing? I'm pissed. Exposing the New World Order, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on the Global Star Radio Network. Stand by. Doug and Joe will be back shortly. trying out some new things here with respect to uh, breaks and uh, welcome back folks to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Uh, yeah, we, we took a we took a brief break uh, so I can calm down and get injected with, uh, this with is a blood medic- pressure break. Yeah, blood pressure medication and uh, it's all right. Uh, no, but seriously, we do have a lot of, lot of information to cover and you know it, it's it's really it's really a sad state of affairs that we're we're talking about when. The church does not step up when when the Christians don't step up and and to recognize what's going on and that um, we have people being sacrificed on the altar of political correctness. We've got um, we've got uh, souls being lost. We've got murders being conducted. We've got uh, 
sin being done, and then you've got this this uh, this absolute idiocy that reigns among the church itself that can be stopped and should be stopped. Um, you know, the re- uh, Kurt Schilling is a great example, and he's going to be on here in a little bit. The reason that case is so important is because it's just one example, folks, uh, of a very real trend in which Americans today are being sacrificed on the altar of political correctness, where they can lose their jobs for speaking their mind, what they believe in. And thankfully, we have a job here where we can speak our mind with relative impunity. Now, it may cost us sponsors. It may cost us listeners. It may cost us supporters. But it doesn't matter because we are beholden to no one except God Almighty. And in the end, I, I truly believe that um, that this this mess will be will be uh, taken care of. I know how the story ends, so that gives me great pleasure. And I know that that we will be vindicated. We as Christians will be vindicated. You know, the, the, the progressive left, the, the mental midgets of the progressive left and the media are working overtime to redefine what's acceptable, what's acceptable for us to say. They can't get rid of the First Amendment, at least not yet, because of the Second. But they're, 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 they're looking at to do it via other means, though, right? Absolutely. And, I mean, you know. Look at what we're talking about. Stating a fact uh, of, of truth is deemed hate speech. Um, yeah. Having an opinion, and not only having an opinion, but voicing that opinion means you are a bigot. This is social warfare. This is what this is. And we need to saddle for battle against the social warfare. We need to take out the, the wusses and, and, and tell them to stand aside, step aside, either lead, follow, or get out of our way because we're coming, we're saddling for battle, and we are going to saddle for battle, and we're going to go forward, and we are going to preach until our voices are hoarse or we're, we're until, we're, until we can't preach anymore. When I say preach, I'm talking about uh, not as pastors or as ministers, but as truth-tellers. All right, yeah. so... Anyway, not yeah. Uh, again, we are testing, and, and seriously, that break was somewhat kind of scheduled. Uh, it was discussed, but not uh, not hard, not a hard break. What we're trying to do is is uh, adjust our program clock, and uh, so it wasn't me, you know, have, you know, busting a blood vessel. It was just uh, it was just one of those things where we inserted that in there. All right. Um, so go let's let's hit some of the well oh by the way the cash system I don't know how many people have seen this but did you know that uh they they're checking now uh, uh they're they've they've run some tests inside the secret meeting where Wall Street tested digital cash uh here last month more than 100 executives from some of the world's largest financial institutions gathered for a private meeting at the Times Square office of Nasdaq and what they did was they were testing technology for some uh, to transition finance into a digital cash system. Now, according to this article in Bloomberg Technology, by the end of the day, they had seen something revolutionary. The U.S. dollars transformed into pure digital assets able to be used to execute and settle a trade instantly. And 
digging into this is, is what this will what effect this will have the event announced in the statement uh, this past Monday uh, or I'm sorry announced today actually uh, marked a key moment in the evolution of blockchain now blockchain you're going to be hearing more about this um, this is created by chain one of many startups trying to re- rewire the financial industry, but this has reverberations into our lives in the, to the extent that pretty soon cash will be obsolete because you can't, con- you cannot control what you don't know about. So the two or three dollars or five or ten or twenty bucks in your pocket, they don't know about so they can't control it. And they can't control transactions when you use cash. So this is a big deal. And, and this is one more step toward that new world order system. So, so folks understand the members of, and this is known to members of Congress, both on the right and on the left. They are pushing toward this cashless society. All right. Um, uh, now using, of course, the, the uh, venue of the NASDAQ partnered with Citigroup in order to try the system out, but it's going to have ramifications in the um, in, in the everyday lives, in, in our everyday lives. So please pay attention to this. So that's I wanted to make sure everyone knew about that. Yesterday was the 80-year anniversary of FDR's executive order requiring citizens to turn in the gold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the Executive Order 11825. Americans were not allowed to own gold from that date until President Ford uh, signed an executive order on December 31st, 1974. What happened 80 years ago yesterday was the stealing of the American wealth, or the wealth from the Americans. They took the the gold and from all the Americans, and then the next what, day or two, it doubled in price. And yep, yep. And then after, uh, <coughs> which they took our money off of the gold standard. So, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine. We we talk about this when we have uh, economists on, and this is a common question people ask: Can they come take the metals? Will they? Oh, sure, sure I mean, they can. But and, and I think. Uh, at first, when we were getting into this, you know, we would think through the different scenarios. But over time, uh, you definitely have it right that when they come for the gold, they're not just coming for the gold. When they come for guns, they're not just coming for the guns. They're coming for everything. Right. The, and that, that's very true. And, again, this goes back to America being the barrier and the prize. Because uh, with as America sits right now, we have... What we have the remnants of a moral and spiritual society. We don't have a cohesive spiritual society in America. We've got the remnants thereof, and it's these remnants uh, who are who are righteous and and who are carrying the banner of righteousness and morality and and biblical Christianity, um, not legalism. Not, not that's not what I'm talking about. Not religious religious. Or what do they call that religious religious spirit? Yeah. yeah. Okay, but 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 the 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 gospel, the gospel. And these are the people, and who comprise the remnants, and I use the term plural remnants uh, to go out and to 
um, that will stand in the gap and to prevent the fully functional New World Order. Again, the New World Order is nothing more than the Old World Order revamped. So um, this is a big deal. I mean, we need to band together and to be united as one, right? We we really do, uh, at least as best as possible, in order to fight off what is coming. I mean, look what Christianity, look what happened to Christianity since its uh, inception. It's been divided in itself with the denominations. Yeah. I mean, if Jesus and, the, and his disciples were alive even when, when they were alive, um, there's many instances in the New Testament with letters from uh, Paul to Timothy or uh, to Peter talking about uh, how surprised he is to hear that they are already speaking of a different Jesus than the one that was resurrected before their eyes. And these are the people who lived through it. So now we're 2,000 yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah. We have uh, pastors and, and a, a society that is comfortable, feeling secure, protected, feeling that, you know, they have their needs met. So they don't seek for things beyond that right and you know all of us have been stuck there at some point in time some of us go through periods where we still go get stuck there but when the pastors are set up as you know 501c3s they're already done i mean they they're not a, a true church in a sense at that moment because at that moment the government controls what they can or cannot say to a degree Especially politically. They can't endorse a political candidate. They don't even talk about it. I mean, many of them steer away for fear of having to deal with it. And they'd rather be tax-exempt than be free. Hmm. And that's not all 501c3s. No, no. But most have used the tax uh, break to set up a church, to set up missionaries. Instead, they got comfortable, they got complacent and they didn't see the error of their ways. People stopped learning. I mean, to me, when you read the Bible, I could read it every second of every day for the next hundred years. I'm still not going <laughs> to come to a point where I close that book and say, okay, <coughs> got all I can out of this one. Yeah, where's the sequel? And But people aren't even picking up the Bible they have to read any of it, let alone a verse, a, a psalm, uh, what JD does. I like what he does. Five, five psalms and a parable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, you'd be surprised how important, you know, if you take the first moments of your day and before you do anything else, when you, before you get out of bed to read a Bible verse, to pray, to acknowledge God or just to thank Him for, uh, being awake and to ask Him to lead you in your day, what a difference it makes. Yeah. But we're careless. Well, right, right. I mean, you know, when you're sick, you always feel and wish how good it is when you feel normal. Oh, I just want to feel normal. And we don't seek God a lot of times until we're in trouble or have some something we need. We need to seek God all the time, especially when you know when we're happy. Right. Uh, the joy is taken out of the church. People have, uh, and we're all guilty of it. 
use our, our electronic devices and whatever means, whether it's the TV, video games, computers, to f- fill some kind of void or I don't even know how to explain it. The, the, the Christians are, are so oppressed who are um, doing this with a pure heart that they don't know which way to look. And, you know, the other Christians are calling them crazy. Oh, it's, it's, it's an ankle-biting <laughs> I mean, fest. Yeah. It, it's it, an, really, that's what it is. And it's all uh, hypocrisy, <laughs> and it's all um, for nothing unless... You, unless it bears fruit, whatever you're doing in life, unless it bears good fruit, it's worthless. So we need to reevaluate what we're doing, how we're doing, how we're doing it, and if it is bearing good fruit. Yeah. And then make the decision, you know. If you don't want to bear good fruit, well, make that decision and, and go all in the other way. But the time, I think Pastor Langford said it last week, you know, the, the separation, and it gets talked about a lot. God separating his people from those who either were his people or never were his people and don't want to be his people. And it's tearing apart marriages, families, friendships. I mean, it's, it's non-discriminatory. It's, uh, I don't know, the ship's here and you gotta get on it now because who knows before how long until that door shut I don't want to be in a position where I'm regretting not doing something that I don't know is good for me on a daily basis to you know for an eternal regret I wouldn't wish that on anybody either amen to that you want to hear some truisms folks Kind of a change of pace here in terms of uh, programming. Not not taking in Syrian refugees and closing our borders is not being mean or heartless. I lock my doors every night, not because I hate the people outside my house, but because I love the people inside my house. That's by Sweet Southern Sass. Let me let me repeat that. That does bear repeating. Not taking in Syrian refugees and closing our borders. It's not being mean or heartless. I lock my doors every night, not because I hate the people outside my house, but because I love the people inside my house. <laughs> Here's one from Breitbart, one voice. The same State Department that found it impossible to rescue a few Americans at Benghazi now says it'll rescue 200,000 Muslims. How about this one? This is a good, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, you, you know, picture picture an Arab male, full beard, tablecloth, ring, headscarf, in in a post on a poster, and the poster reads this: "My wife called me a pedophile." Well, that's a big word for a nine-year-old. <laughs> And how true is this? I can't read who this is from. When was the last time you saw anyone other than a Muslim holding a severed head? Uh, when I came to the studio today. 
I mean, I walked by his office. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I can't get this done with all these interruptions. Hmm. Okay, it's Monday. Here's another truism. This by uh, right-wing rants and raves. The wall between Mexico and Guatemala. It's got a picture of a wall. If you make it over, you'll be arrested. If not, shot. Okay. Now, why is it that Americans who want an effective border wall are called racists? And this from Alice Teller, which is interesting. White privilege is equal to, or equals being held responsible for the acts of your ancestors by folks who accept no responsibility for the acts of their children. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one before. Yeah. I just, uh, and Cicero, of course, let's not forget about Cicero, who said, the more laws, the less justice. And of course, that applies mm-hmm. to many things today. And Christopher Hitchens had, had something, he said something about Islamophobia. Um, this is not part of the truism uh, aspect, but Islamophobia, that's a word created by fascists and a word used by cowards to manipulate morons. I thought that was especially precious. Christopher Hitchens. Islamophobia, a word created by fascists used by morons, or used by cowards to manip- manipulate morons. Pretty cool. And of course, um, you know, this, um, this came across my inbox too. Apparently it was on the Sultan Kanish blog spot. The farmer and the snake. And folks think about this because we, we do, we do have this happen to all of us. Family members, friends, people those close to us here as we approach the top of the hour. A farmer walked through his field one cold winter morning on the ground lay a snake, stiff and frozen with the cold. The farmer knew how deadly the snake could be, yet he picked it up and put it in his bosom to warm it back to life. The snake soon revived, and when it had enough, when it had enough strength, the snake bit the man who had been so kind to it. The bite was deadly, and the farmer felt that he must die. Oh, cried the farmer with his last breath. I am rightly served for pitying a scoundrel. The great kindness will not bind the ungrateful. There you have it, folks. Think about that. And and the moral, of course, of this fable from Aesop is that doing good to evil will only lead to more evil. So we must snuff it out, we must stamp it out, we must reject it, I suppose, would be the more accurate way. You know, if we aid those who kill, it only brings more death. Mm -hmm. And it's human nature to think that people will return good for good and evil for evil, but that's not the case. This kind of thinking perversely leads some to assume that, that they're being sold at they, have, they must have done something to deserve it. And that's the victim mentality we spoke of earlier. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Hagman Report. Can be right back. This is the Global Star.
You may never look at city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. back ladies and gentlemen to this edition of the Hagman and the Hagman Report uh, it's uh, it's great to be with you thank you very much for tuning in we've got a very exciting guest coming on uh, Kurt Schilling a, a legend in baseball uh, you know it's interesting how we um, are sacrificing people on the altar of political correctness and Mr. Schilling is going to tell us about what happened to him his uh, time at ESPN the ramifications for having an opinion the ramifications for voicing an opinion especially when it does not comport with that of the network on which the opinion is aired before we get to Mr. Schilling I want to remind everyone that Mother's Day is this weekend I'm going to thank Pro Flyers because without without hearing this I, w- I would you, you it'd be Saturday shame before. shame yep Shame. Now you've got no excuse. And that goes for everyone out there. No excuse because Mother's Day is this weekend, only six days away. You know, Mom's always been there for you. She has. She, cooking, really giving you relationship advice, or fixing your constant bruises. What was your mom done for you? You can think, oh, so many good things. How about the, the mother of your children, your wife? Uh, how about your grandmother? My goodness. I, I really wish that my mom was still alive. I miss her so much, and of course, I did not know my grandmother. But uh, from everything I've heard, that she was just a, a wonderful lady. But uh, for those of you who do have your moms who are alive, make her day special with pro flowers. The one thing you can't go to her for advice on is what to get her for Mother's Day. Not to worry, you'll look like an expert on Mother's Day when you use pro flowers. Here's a special offer for you. You can get Mom 100 blooms of the free glass vase for just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. I'm going to tell you, the it's an impressive array of flowers. I, I got this for my wife, and she just, I mean, she she teared up. And, I mean, they're still beautiful. 
They well, last long? Oh, yeah. I think we're on day number 10 right now or 11, and, and they look as, as gorgeous as they do when we got them. That's 100 blooms with a free glass vase for 19.99 plus shipping and handling. Or make your day extra special, upgrade to a premium vase, and add gourmet chocolates for just 9.99 more. That's what I did. Oh, man, the chocolates are a big hit, and the vase is so pretty. Go to proflowers.com today. Use our code word HAGMAN. That's H-A-G-M-A-N-N. You know, seriously, ProFlowers takes the guesswork out of sending mom, grandma, or your wife the perfect Mother's Day gift. You can't beat the price and convenience. ProFlowers takes care of all of the details. They're guaranteed to be fresh and beautiful for at least seven days or your money back. And you, you know what? You can choose the delivery date, the date that you want, and it's guaranteed. Folks, it's a no-brainer. And again, when my wife got her flowers, oh, she was incredibly happy. Here's the only way to get 100 blooms with a free glass vase starting at 1999. Here's the only way to do it. You can either, well, one of two ways. You can call 800 Pro Flowers, or even better, visit proflowers.com. In either case, you've got to make sure you mention Hagman when you call, or click on the blue microphone on the top right corner and type in Hagman. That's proflowers.com. Click on the microphone and type in Hagman. Mother's Day is this weekend, so folks, order today. Time is running out. This offer expires at midnight, so please take advantage of it. Tomorrow night, I'll be a guest on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. Actually, I'll be a guest on Darkness Radio. That's right, Darkness Radio. In the true, true crime guest segment talking about my new book, Stained by Blood. Who's the host? Uh, uh, Dave, um, I'm sorry, I can't... Uh, uh, <laughs> Not yeah. to put you on the spot. No, no. Uh, uh, my goodness, uh, Darkness Dave is what he calls him. I, I don't know the his last name and Tim Dennis. Both great hosts. Again, on 1130 a.m. out of uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's from, I believe it's from 11 to 1, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. I'll be a guest there talking about my new book, Stained by Blood. Of course, if you go to stainedbyblood.com, you, there's still time. You can uh, you can uh, order a, a signed copy from me, or you can go to Amazon and get your Kindle edition or paperback. So there you have it. Uh, tomorrow night, Darkness Radio, Twin Cities, AM 1130 as well, from 11 to 1, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. So. All right. We have with us our guest for this evening, Mr. Kurt Schilling. Uh, he was a guest once before. While he was on suspension from ESPN in 2015 for comparing Muslims to Nazis in a social media post. And now, not only has his job been taken away, but any history of him, apparently from ESPN's point of view, uh, is no more. Kind of like the old Lenin-Stalin uh, days when, when they would just airbrush the dissenters out and, and pretty soon... Only one left was was either Stalin or Lenin or Brezhnev, whichever. Yeah, I was uh, surprised. I mean, we knew about the the being fired for uh, voicing his opinion on social media, but now in the on ESPN they run a series uh, called Thirty for Thirty. It's thirty documentaries in thirty days, and one of those were the Bloody Sock, uh, the memorable Bloody Sock 
2004 American League Championship Series. This is revisionist history, folks. Right. This is exactly what they do uh, in actual history books. Uh, and now they have taken out the actual uh, Kurt Schilling's performance in in-game uh, four, I believe it was, with the bloody sock and have erased him from history, as the headlines say. It's amazing. It's amazing. All because Mr. Schilling. That's right. He has been sacrificed on the altar of political correctness. I'm hacked off about it. And uh, this, to me, what was done to him, to me, in my view, is a crime. And uh, uh, Mr. Schilling, God bless you, my friend. Thanks for joining us. And I know you're you're slammed with interviews, but uh, God bless you for coming on, buddy. Well, thanks for having me again, guys. Thanks for having me. I've been kind of a hectic few days, that's for sure. What did you do? <laughs> uh, I stood up for myself. And of course. Then, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're learning, if we don't already know, that as long as you're left of center and, you know, an atheist or non-Christian, that's not a good thing. If yeah, you're, exactly. If you're right. Um, you know, but that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we, as a nation, we are where we are. Uh, the vocal intolerant minority um, has shouted down the majority to the point where people are afraid to speak their minds and it feels very uh, early 20th century Europe in in some ways well this is social warfare really I mean oh, yeah, the issue yeah. yeah, it's not even the issue the issue isn't even the issue the issue is something totally different man I mean um, did, did you see this coming or did you feel it was coming or no no this last thing, no, but um, this is, a, this is a, people have made it, well, well, I mean, listen, we live in a day and age where the, the, the most, now, and, and I'm not a victim, I don't mean to be, and I don't want to sound like one, but the most, I, I don't want to say hated, but almost despised person on the planet right now is the white Christian male, which, exactly. you know, I, I don't know how or why I just can't find I, I don't understand why in a lot of ways people haven't put two and two together the farther we've gotten from the word of God the farther we've gotten from security safety love peace and happiness <laughs> I mean this is a this is a very uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a we're in a dark place as a country but I think as a as a species it's it's very uncomfortable to look around and see where we're headed because uh, you know, I always tell people, I, 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 I jokingly tell people, listen, I've read my Bible. I know how the ninth inning plays out. So, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm, I know. So, so my faith, and, and that, I would tell you at the end of the day, all the things that have happened, that's been the thing that's gotten me through everything is, is my faith. Uh, that's, that's the and thing that's, that's allowed me to kind of keep my peace of mind. Well, and, and same with us too. You know, we get so aggravated. At least I do. I get aggravated like heck at, at things that, that are taking place. But in, in the end, we know who's victorious. And, and yeah. folks, if you're just joining us, uh, in the event you're just joining us, we're, we are joined by baseball great, baseball legend Kurt Schilling, and he's a retired, of course, athlete and re- retired bro- broadcaster. Now he was he was uh, fired from ESPN over, and I quote, offensive social media posts concerning men being allowed to use a women's bathroom or restroom for crying out loud. Um, you know, <laughs> what a revolutionary statement. Concept, uh, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, 
but 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 yeah, it's it, and you know you, you had done a lot of interviews after that. Um, there are a lot of people there at ESPN that said a lot worse things, in my view, a lot more offensive things. Right. But, you know, well, and they huh. will continue to do. But again, it's 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 a very liberal company, which you know I don't think surprises anyone. But it tries to label it. Disney is trying to label itself inclusive when it is now pretty much the exact opposite. It's inclusive as long as you share the opinions and beliefs that they share. Uh, it's the exact opposite if you don't. And isn't that the definition of bigot and tolerant? I guess. Boy, so, that but is you know, it, it, it's, it, the thing that's frustrating, I think, is that they try to appear as if they're not. Intolerant, yeah. and, and and that's the that's the confusing thing to me. Yeah, the hypocrisy there. Um, it is so obvious. It is so just uh, unimaginable to those who who see it for what it is. But to use uh, oppression and uh, tactics of tyranny to protest somebody you call a tyrant, or to use you know the uh, intolerance and hate to call out what you de- deem intolerant or hate speech. It's just unimaginable how backwards we've got. And as well, you said earlier, it's from the drifting from the, from scripture. Here's the, here's, I guess I would, I would say this when you try to look around and, and, and I think like a lot of parents and, and, and as a father and as a husband and as a Christian trying to figure out this world that we live in now, the two things that are taboo in public forums to discuss at work, it's not porn and, you know, uh, bestiality and all the things that are evil and heinous and rape and torture. It's politics and religion. You, yeah, you literally exactly. are not allowed to talk about religion for fear of offending somebody. Think about that. I mean... We are bending over backwards as a nation to protect Muslims and their culture, which is fine, while at the same time vilifying anyone who identifies as a Christian. How did, how did we get here? And, 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 you know, my answer, my word, uh, the probably the, the most terrifying word for me now is apathy. We have mm-hmm. gotten to a point where people are either, A, afraid to be uh, embarrassed, quote-unquote embarrassed, or they're just apathetic. They don't care. And that's, you know, I think that that's helped, helped us and abated and abetted us in this slippery slope that we are now, it feels like we're now uncontrollably sliding down. Exactly. Exactly. Folks, you, you can visit uh, Kurt Schilling's website, his blog, uh, 38pitches.wordpress.com. That's the correct one, right? 38pitches.wordpress. Okay. 38, the number 38pitches.wordpress.com. Uh, visit there as well. Now you're on Facebook and Twitter, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> We're following yeah. you on Twitter. And, Unless uh, I checked. I didn't pitch in game six, but I'm definitely on Facebook and Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Mr. Schiller, yeah, we'll get the, the taking you out of the history of, of <laughs> the World Series, uh, the championship game uh, in a minute. But I want to address something and give kudos to your son because I don't think a lot of people heard this. Um, your son defended you mm. when uh, can you can you repeat what he said well, for people the the, the 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 setup is that you know obviously I, there was a, a picture of a 
that you really honestly you can't unsee this picture it was that bad of a, a, a man dressed as a woman and I honestly think it was a picture from Mardi Gras and not actually a picture of someone transgender but I responded to the picture on Facebook with a comment about the functionality of men's rooms and I was labeled transphobic in all the things that, that people love to call people that they actually are themselves um, and my son my 16 year old son Grant who is on the uh, he's on the autism scale he granted has Asperger's um, so much like his dad he, Grant has no filter um, he is one of the founding members of the LGBT club in high school um, his friends um, are are very a couple of them are in, in involved in that life and in, in are transgender and they have been in and out of my house like every other kid my kids hung out with um, and Grant knows that that was honestly God that was how I knew I didn't do anything wrong when Grant Grant came in and said Dad I don't know what people are getting upset about he said men should pee in the men's room and women should pee in the women's room and I was like yeah pretty much and he's like wow that's that's a little bit much. But um, he's very involved in the community. He's a very open kid uh, in the sense that, that, you know, he's straight that I know of. I, I, I mean, I don't know if he comes home tomorrow and says that he's not, I, you know, I would be, the, the, the Christian in me, the father in me would be disappointed because I would want him to, I want him to experience what it means to be a dad, what it means to be a father and a husband. But I'm not going to love my son any less based on that. Um, yeah. And. So, yeah, so we had that conversation, and Grant made it public, and he wrote a really nice post and, and, and basically said, you know, my dad, he, he can be stupid sometimes, but he's not, you know, he's not this guy. Um, we'll see and, now. and honestly, as proud as I am, that, that's the kind of thing also is, upsets me greatly that anybody would be put into a position to have to defend me anyway. I know who I am. I'm not, I don't have a racist bone in my body. I'm 49 years old, and you guys know what I've done for a living. I've been in the media, played professional sports. i got to believe if I had an ounce of racism in me or transphobia or homophobic in, in any way, that would probably come out before now. Uh, that's my guess anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. And, so, and I asked you to share I mean, that. You know what? Here's the thing. My faith is, is one of the things that drives me, but I, I sleep very soundly at night because I know who I am. I believe in who I am. I know I make mistakes. I don't, I'm not malicious. I'm not mean. I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I'm not any of those things. That doesn't absolve me from sin and mistake. I do it. I, I, I make mistakes all the time. I don't try to sin. I don't try to make mistakes, but I do because I'm human. So knowing that, I think it might, I sleep pretty good. Uh, you know, I worry about the things you worry about. I've, you know, my family and my kids, but, you know, I, you try, I try to do right. I can't remember what the saying is. I think I don't know if the things I do please God, but I think it pleases God that I'm trying to please him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I, I think you're right. You know, I mean, that's, I, I, I think, and, and, you know, the, I think one of the other issues for us, and I say us as Christians, is like every other stereotyped group you have people like the Westboro Baptist Church and I don't think anything about them is Christian now I'm not the one to judge that but but that's what people look at and say you know Christians are a hate group or or you know all of the things that people want to associate with Christianity for no other reason than they need to make sure that, that Christianity is somehow evil um, mm. You know, and being a Christian for me, you know, you know what? It, I'll, I'll tell you what. People called me 
homophobic and transphobic and all the things that I know I'm not. The only the only analysis I can use it be like somebody walking up to you and saying, you know, wow, I can't believe you're a child molester. I mean, that's so far from who you are. Like it, it stuns me. Like we're in a place where people can call me things that I have never been and never will be means that the wires are crossed somewhere. And I think that mm. they're crossed in the eyes of people who aren't Christians and who despise religion for whatever reason, because I think a lot of it has to do with inflection. I think a lot of people look inside themselves and realize and, and are afraid of the things that they are or the things that they would have to become to quote unquote be a Christian. No, no exactly. different than us, but it, it, I think it paralyzes some people. Yeah, and I believe you're right. You know, and I, I would, looking back over your over your journalistic career, I noticed that you got the you uh, garnered the attention of Sarah Palin back in um, what was that August? I think it was yeah. last last year when she ripped ESPN as a journalistic embarrassment following your suspension. You know that uh, when you tweeted uh, um, uh, comparing uh, uh, radical Islam to, to radical Muslims to Nazis. And you were right, you know. I mean, uh, technically, in, in technically, you were correct, and we we've had programs about this. But you know, all of this. I, I guess, Kurt, here I sit. Uh, I'm fifty something years old. You know, I'm nearing my sixtieth decade, and I, and I look over the landscape, the political landscape, the social landscape, and, and you you said something, and I just kind of want to capitalize on this. How, how did we get here? What in the world happened? I mean, seriously, what happened? Was, I think I think there's a lot of things, a lot of reasons, but I will say, let me just say something about Mrs. Palin, or Governor Palin to begin with. When you look back at the things that she said publicly and the things she's done publicly, like everybody else, she's made mistakes, but when you look at the things that, that the public identifies her with, how did we get, and it's probably akin to your question, how did we get to a place where... Everybody screams about the rights of women and equal rights and all this stuff. And the minute we see a strong Christian woman stand up, her family is literally, from the media, destroyed. Mm. This, I mean, her daughter, who had a, 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 a you know a pregnancy out of out of well, I mean, all the things that they go through, which millions of families go through. This woman stands up, obviously has a, an incredible love for her country, um, and is demonized. Yet we, those same people, have Hillary Clinton as some sort of leader. That's like, I mean, that probably too too old school for a lot of people, but that's an episode of The Twilight Zone. In fact, that's too crazy for The Twilight Zone. And and so, when you look at those things and you realize where society can box people in and corner people in and make people, you know, the media has gotten to a point where. I will tell you this. The answer to your question, and I'm going about it the long way, which I always do, but the answer to your question, I think, is the media has changed its role. The media Mm. has become an organization that tells people the way it is instead of that brings us the news. They have an enormous, enormous agenda, um, and it is on a daily basis driven down your throats. And... What they've counted on, I think, just like our government, they've counted on the apathy, the laziness, and the ignorance of people to to create this world that they wanted to create. All you have to do is you have to care about. And for me, you know, when I'm not posting stuff that I should have researched before, and I've done, I've made posts that I shouldn't have made, I should have fact check or whatnot. 
but for the most part, the things that I am passionate about and learn about and want to be uh, debate and argue over, I research because I care. Right. Nobody right. wants to do that. There's more important things to do. And, you know, I, I don't blame 18, 19, 20 year old kids for being Bernie Sanders supporters. I mean, fa- fact of the matter is, at that age, I didn't care about politics. But, you know, I, I like that they're involved in the process. But we as adults, I think we as parents failed in, in a lot of different ways miserably um, trying to, 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 to promote and pass on the legacy of, the, of what our parents gave us. I, I didn't grow up in a very religious home. God was always something that we knew in our family. We, we weren't practicing by any stretch. And, you know, I always tell people the story of my my becoming a Christian, uh, and it's very anticlimactic um, for a lot of, like, I, you know, I was, it was 1997, I'm driving home from the ballpark, having the best year of my life, career-wise, just had our second child, life is perfect, I'm making enormous amounts of money, and I was reading a book about the end times, and I'd love to read, so I'd love to read, like, subjects I don't know about, and, and I'm driving home, and I, this voice in my head says, what is this all for? And, and I, I kind of like caught my breath a little bit and thought, you know, the, it, you get back to that, why am I here? And I started to realize that if this was all by chance and random, then none of it really matters. That's and, true. And that, that was just not possible. And then when I started to, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ that night driving home by myself, pulled over to the side of the road, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw my dogs out the street. <laughs> I pulled over no the worries. side of the road and I gave my life to Christ because I knew there was something bigger and something better and something more meaningful and lightning didn't strike the car I didn't have a revelation but slowly and surely he opened up the world to me and made me understand what was important and what wasn't and hmm. you know here we are and that kind of that kind of mirrors the you know my um, uh, I, I don't know I, I you know m- m- my conversion or, or my giving my my life to to uh, our Lord and Savior is kind of anticlimactic as well I mean no lightning bolts no right. near death experience you know it just it just happens because you, I, I think I think you grow to realize that I think you mature intellectually and spiritually mature to the point where you know that there's something out there. There's 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 a God, yeah. and uh, of course you know reading the Bible. And, yep. Yeah. So I I get I get that. Well, the, and get the that. challenge in telling those stories a lot of times is we present that as as you mature, as you grow up, as you as you learn, and it makes people. I think a lot of people say, oh, you know what, you're smarter than me. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has to do with. I think for the most part, everybody gets to a point in their life, maybe multiple times, but, but everybody has that point. And everybody, I think for the most part, everybody has a chance to make a choice. Uh, you always have a chance to make a choice, but I think everybody's presented with one. And then you kind of go down your path. And, you know, I spent almost 20 years now, and I've experienced some breathtaking things in faith in God and all the things that I was allowed to to see and feel and be a part of and it makes it easy for me and you know I I think that's why part of the reason why I'm where I'm at now and that I love baseball I think I'm very good at what I do I think I know pitching and all the things go with that and I want to continue to do that but I also think that I was meant to do something else and and I did uh, Breitbart the other day and spent an hour or so on the radio and 
And I felt like I was doing what I'd always been meant to do, which was talk about subjects and things that actually move the needle. Um, mm. You know, it's, I think the height of, of, uh, I don't know, narcissism or hubris, whatever you want to use, to think that what you think can matter to others. But I feel like I can, I, I can, I can have an influence in a good way on people. And I want to, and I think that that's from a next step standpoint. I think that's where I'm going to be headed uh, to do. But you know, he, he shows you a way. He shows you what's going on. And you know, a lot of times we have our eyes closed to it. But I've experienced his involvement in my life you know especially when i was diagnosed with cancer and i was in the hospital you know i tell the story all the time i spent two and a half months in the hospital and i was 100 percent at peace with myself and i had a talk with my wife shonda and i said listen one of two things is going to happen here i'm going to come through the radiation and fine or i'm going to die and and i said it like that and i meant it like that and he allowed me to do that because i was completely at peace completely at peace because when I think about what it could have been, it could have been one of my kids or it could have been my wife. When I think about what I've been given, what I've been allowed to be a part of, if you sat me down at 18 and said, write your perfect life out, I would have fallen a million miles short. The things I've been able to see, I want to see, I, listen, I don't want to die. I want to be with my kids. I want to watch them grow up. I want to watch them have grandkids and graduate college and all the things that you dream of. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle and I'll be crushed if I can't do that. But I won't be bitter. I won't be mad. I won't be angry. Uh, I'll be thankful that I was allowed to do and see what I did. So I, I experienced faith in that sense. I, there was nobody in the world more at peace when I was going through my chemotherapy and radiation than I was because... I feel like I'm playing on the house money now. I've been given more than I ever anybody deserves. So, mm. you know, that's those are the things that make me very comfortable when I talk about, you know, Jesus as, as the living son of God and trying to explain to people who want to talk about evolution. Yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I, I, we might have talked about this last time, guys. When I got in trouble for arguing about evolution on Twitter. Oh, really? And, it continually blindsides me when people who know I'm a Christian ask me, you don't believe in evolution? Like, they're surprised. Well, no, we didn't <laughs> come from the ape. No, there's no proof ever that that happened. But, you know, you knew that before you asked me the question. And and so, you know, it's wow. it, but it's still, I love having those conversations. And you know, my favorite one is always asking people, you know, hey, you know, do you believe that a man named Jesus lived? And and the answer to that is obviously yes. It's verifiable outside the Bible in many different places. And do you sure. believe he said he was living? I had this I asked some questions. Just yes, no. Do you believe he lived? Do you believe he was brought before Pontius Pilate? Do you believe he was convicted? Do you believe the Jews wanted crucified? All the way up to the point where every, I don't think anybody has a problem admitting that Jesus walked up the the, the, the hill and was on the, the cross at Calvary and was crucified. And my question is, if you believe that, all of that, where do you believe the disciples began to lie, and why? <laughs> and really good. intelligent people have to pause at that point. Because you can't say, yes, 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 and then, no, because I don't believe it's true. Uh, you can, but it doesn't. That's not a valid comeback. It, do, it doesn't make, it doesn't no, make any sense. There's no logic. You follow the logic path, and it's very easy. Right. Wow. So, it's it's just that easy, and it's great to, to hear a man of, of uh, a legend. I mean, you, admittedly, you're a legend in baseball, um, but but you're also a man of integrity, character, and and uh, just a regular guy. Well, and, I appreciate and, you know, that. I'd like to, 
you know, those are all things I'm obviously, I'm, I, I think I am, I'm proud of, but that is absolutely 100% on my father. That's, that's the, I was raised by an incredible man. Um, wasn't very spiritual, but was a giant among men. He was the opposite of me. He never talked. Um, <laughs> he was very quiet, man of few words, but when he spoke, it was, it was teaching. And, cool. and, uh, you know, he taught me the difference between right and wrong. He, he put, we went to church, he put me in church, and at some point he basically said, at this point, it's on you. What you do and what your relationship is going forward with God is, is on you. And, and, uh, you know, it's come to, I, I just have learned so much. You know, one of my favorite sayings now is, especially in this day and age, don't judge people just because they sin differently than you. That's interesting. You that's know, an interesting I mean, concept, yeah. When you look at the world, that's all we do. And, and so, right. you know, my biggest challenge as a Christian, when I get into arguments, you know, I, I've, I've studied uh, as much as I could study. I continue to do so because I wanted to understand the Crusades. I wanted to understand the things that people that aren't Christians point to Christianity as being this bloody you know, religion. And I, and, you know, I, I came to find out that all the things I'd been told as a youngster about Christianity and the crusade, they were all lies. The crusades yes. weren't a, a march across Europe to spread Christianity. The crusade, the first crusade happened 20 years after Islam began to spread across the, the European continent by, 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 by the knife. That was how Islam came to be. And so Christianity in defense of its religion to survive went out to try and contain and save its place, not kill people that didn't believe. But no, you, you, you wouldn't hear that from anybody. No, people no, people, that. no, exactly. And, and, but don't you think that's kind of relevant? <laughs> to, especially to the people yeah. that call Christianity a religion of, of violence. That, and, and when I found that, I'm like, wait a minute, you know, what else have I been lied to? And then you start going into the science behind evolution and realizing that the things, scientific theories around the creation of the universe that have been scientifically proven to be false are still in our high school science text and being taught. That's right. And it's like, what, what the hell? I mean, what, what, but again, I go back to the word apathy. I think there's just there, the the word apathy is such a dangerous thing, you know. It's okay to listen. You talk about and spread your faith in a way you're comfortable with, right? And right. to some people, that's that's standing on the corner in New York City with a sign that says the end is near. Now, you can judge that person all you want, but maybe that that's that person's you know relationship with God, and that's what they believe they should be doing. And then there are other people who are very uncomfortable talking about their faith in any circles. Neither one's right or wrong. You know, the Bible, for me, is my personal relationship with God, period. You can, I, I can go to others and get help. I want to understand what the word means here. Or what is he trying to say there? Or what should I think about this? But at the end of the day, the Bible is my, uh, is my, it's my diary. It's, it's my relationship. And, and it's on me to figure out what it means and how it means. Because it means something different to everybody. Well, it it does, and and how we get to the end, I suppose, is um, less important than getting to the end and and accomplishing what we set out to accomplish. I I mean, I I I say that very delicately, I suppose, but I I, I yes, I mean, we all 
we all mature at different levels. We all come to know God at different levels. We all do our um, evangelizing, I suppose, in different ways. Right. We all argue or debate, I shouldn't say argue, debate in, in, in using different tactics. But at the end of the day, what are we, you know, what are we, and what are we doing? We're, we're actually, you know, spreading the word. And, and that to me is, um, you know, is, is important because that, 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 that's all we have. No, I agree. And, and I'll tell you the other thing I've learned in the last couple of weeks is, and I never knew this before now, but people, people don't, I, I don't think a lot of people, differentiate between opinions and beliefs. My opinion mm. is that, that green is an ugly color. That's an opinion. Right. My belief that Jesus was the Son of God, that's my that's a belief. I know that. That's a belief. They're different. And and right. I'm Absolutely. I'm you know, I mm. stated my opinion and today people take that opinion, turn it into whatever they need to turn it into and and ostracize people for it. Man, and that, that kind of that catches me a little bit. Well, you, you know, as I looked over, um, as, as as I looked over your your career and things after things that have happened over the last couple of years, and you just been through so much. You know, you're you're one of the only guys that I know. Well, I don't know any other baseball legends. To be honest with you, uh, Willie Mays is he still around? Is he still oh, playing? Yeah. Well, never mind. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, you, you know, I find it amazing. I'm not sure how you feel about this. I'm not sure what your position is on this, but um, based on my research, back in uh, back in January, I, I think it was of last year, uh, you you were up to be elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, and, and I it, I think you might have said this, or others might have said this, but <laughs> I know where this you know, is going. Okay, I mean, you know, your position, your conservative position, might have cost you some votes. Well, here's Do you the believe thing. that? Okay, let's let's be very clear about a couple things. This is where the media has become what they've become. Okay. I am a an independent. I am very conservative, obviously, and I always have been. John Schmoltz is every bit as conservative, if not more so, than I have been my whole life. I've always known that he's from the South. That's what he. That's who he is. I made a, a smart aleck comment because John got elected and people were like, oh, you both should have been. I said, well, maybe it's because John's a Democrat and I'm a Republican. And if you hear the soundbite, you'll understand the the intense amount of sarcasm that was involved in the comment. <laughs> okay. There are still, you can Google, there are articles out today founded on the, on, on the, on the fact that I said I didn't get in the Hall of Fame because I'm a Republican. Oh, uh, okay, and, and okay. So, you know, and I and people always say, you know, aren't you tired of? Don't you don't want to fight these battles? Here's the, I, I I keep going back to the fact you if you aren't comfortable with who you are, this is right. a really challenging place to live. And for all the warts I have, all the people I know know me. They, I'm not a, I, all of the things that people that don't know me want to call me. All the people that know me know I'm not. I'm good. Right. I'm good. That's right. why this whole ESPN thing was funny to me. I was there. I lived hmm. it. I have the ring. Whether they show it on TV or not, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I think it's, but I, it's, to me, I thought it was an outstanding example of who they are rather than what I did. Right, right, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I saw that and I thought, wow, that, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I didn't know. I, not knowing the true story, thanks for right. clearing that up. You know. and, wow. and you know what? That's not a small point. That's not a small point, not knowing the true story. If you don't go out and find out for yourself, 
there are a lot of things you're going to grow up believing that aren't even close to being true. <laughs> Amen. You know, and so, so you know, I wasn't a person that that uh, military history is one of my my passions. It's always been a love of mine. But one of the things I never really understood or researched was, you know, the the birth, the growth, and the abuse of Israel. And I'd had enough conversations, and, and you know, I'm growing up in this world, and I'm trying to figure out, you know. I understand what happened to the Jews in the Second World War. The Germans made it a point to try and eliminate them from the face of the earth. But I don't understand how we got to a point now in this world where people hate Jewish people. And I couldn't understand why. So I went back to the beginning to try and read and understand how we got here. And you go and you look mm. at the at the uh, you know at the what is thirty day war, the sixty day war, and all the things that came with it, and then you realize. Israel is basically Rhode Island, and right. the rest of this country is the Middle East, yet everybody outside of Rhode Island hates Rhode Island, but they've never been able to do anything about it. If that doesn't <laughs> scream, almighty being, omnipresent God, what does? That's, and, and that, so, that's you a know, good it, but it's you know it's amazing when you start to do stuff like that, and I always love you know as soon as I find out something, I'll go, you know, I'll go read about something or whatever. It's amazing how much other stuff you find out. And I love yeah. I love being wrong and getting getting educated on things I didn't realize and finding out you know the world that I thought isn't the world that is. It's a very different place, and and a lot of times that's a good thing. It's yeah. always a good thing to learn to me. Yep. And a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff I found out, I found out by accident, um, <laughs> researching other, other issues. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. Absolutely. I, listen, I, 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 one of my best, my, I, I like to read a lot. And I've, re- I, uh, a book I read, Evol- uh, Evolution's Achilles Heels. Achil- Evolution's Achilles Heel, um, right. and The Case for Christ. Two books that I've I've kind of like warped the paperback covers of because I read them over and over again and they're like I don't know they're like a great movie like the Shawshank Redemption every time you watch the movie you see a little something different you didn't notice before they're books that I read and and things that get exposed to me that I didn't I've missed the first time and it's just you know I got to a point where I I was talking to somebody a very dear friend who's a, who was Jewish by birth and he's an atheist and I said okay let me ask you a question. I said, think about this. Elephant, um, giraffe, mosquito, bumblebee, owl, hawk, eagle, whale, shark, goldfish. Is it a bigger leap of faith to think that Jesus was the Son of God or that every one of those creatures came from the same cell? Uh-huh. Like, you know, I mean, because that's that's the argument. Make no mistake about it for the people that believe in evolution. Everything came from a single cell. And so I keep going back to the fact that, and here's the great conversation for me now when I talk to people, because I've been given a ton of crap about the whole evolutionary argument. I say, okay, listen, I'll buy, let me, let me, just, let me just give you, concede all of your points, whatever they are, I'll concede them. Go back to the beginning and how did it start? Because in no way, shape, or form has anyone ever been able to create something out of nothing. And there had to be a beginning. That's right. There had to be a beginning when there wasn't anything. Literally nothing. Nothing existed. And then something did. You tell me how that happened, and then I'll buy all of your points. 
and it's you know that's the whole oh you're an idiot and then the conversation ends yeah, I don't think too many people can have a, a reasonable intellectual argument or debate about uh, evolution. I, and I wonder, you know what, Kurt? I wonder how many people actually believe in evolution that, that, that promote it and talk about it. I mean, well, here's the thing. I don't think, the, I, again, go back to the science books. You open the science books of today's high schools and realize half of the content they're being taught was, has been disproven. It's not true anymore. But... But it's still being pushed to our kids. I, a great example, that, that book I was talking about, Evolutionary, Evolution's Achilles Heels, um, they talk about, you know, remember in our old science books that used to have the 12 layers of strata on the earth? Like, they all were supposed to mark a specific era and time in, in history. And it was billions right. and billions and billions of years. At right. no place in any time, in anywhere on this planet, do those 12 layers exist in order. No more than five are ever found in one place, and those five are never, ever in the chronological order they're supposed to be in. But Really? Right, no, never, ever. But hey, the Grand Canyon, look at the layers of the Grand Canyon based on, on that chart, and none of the layers are, are in the order they're supposed to be in, the way scientists tell us it came to be. And so, but... People don't question that. Just like the whole climate change thing. <laughs> the, the 97%, you guys understand, and I, I don't, I, I'm not asking you, but like the 97% what, is a number we've obviously heard from everybody, but that sure. 97% in the context people have given it to you is a lie. It wasn't 97% of scientists. It was 97% of 160 people that responded to an online survey. And of those 97%, 85% of those people had written a paper previous to the survey about the fact that climate change existed. Well, it's not that's 97% a huge difference. of known scientists. It was 97% of 160 people that were already climate change believers. Okay. That's a huge difference. I didn't know that. Yeah, but that, and that, to me... You know, it, it, this all comes for me from a belief that, that when you play and you're around the people that are the best in the world at something, whether it's brain surgery or baseball, they function on a different level. And the one thing they all have in common, attention to detail. Details matter. Words matter. And so when you go in and don't accept, don't accept face value, you find out that a lot of things aren't the way you were told they were. And then when you look right. at the liberal agenda that these colleges are pushing to these students, and and the and the you know the farther our schools have gotten away from God, the farther our generations have gotten away from from what we were founded to be. I think. Oh, I agree with that. We, you know, we we've we've bonded at the altar of political correctness. We've uh, our schools have been. Uh, uh, turned into indoctrination centers, and, and, and uh, you know we, we've seen prayer ripped out of, uh, out of schools, the Bible taken out of schools. Yet, uh, oh, I mean, look, look at the progression that this whole thing has taken. Yeah. Uh, th- th- it's two things: it's uh, indifference or apathy, and the subtlety of the yeah. wickedness. Yeah, subtlety of the wickedness. I like that. Yeah, I mean. You couldn't put, you know, in the 1950s, you couldn't take the culture of the 1990s and follow the decade of the 50s with that. People would be outraged. They had to incrementally, uh, you know, change the way people thought and looked at things to where uh, what wasn't acceptable becomes acceptable. And as long as people are willing to conform to the, the world and don't know what's in their Bible, 
and don't know what they're supposed to believe and how they're supposed to live, it's easy to manipulate so-called Christians because they're Christians you know, in name only. You know what I try I try to tell my kids, and and in this day and age, it's very hard to do. And I try to tell people in general, younger generations, that the one thing that I've learned, and I think it has given me an enormous advantage when, when being confronted with people saying the things that they say about me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Um, you cannot live your life worrying about people whose opinions of you you don't know. Boy, that's I, true. I, I've been in baseball. Millions and millions and millions of people saw the games that I played in over 20-some years. They're going to think what they think about me. And, and and listen, the Kardashians are famous. If that That's all you need to know about the way media is. But people will form opinions of you. And I'm guilty as that. You know how many times I played against the guy and thought, man, that guy's a jerk. And <laughs> ended up being one of my favorite. Uh, Reggie Sanders. Was it was a guy who played in San Diego or in Cincinnati? Played, couldn't stand him. Could not stand him. Might be one of the, my favorite people I ever played with in my life. One of my favorite people I've ever known in my life. I, I was lucky in the sense that I got exposed to stuff like that that other people don't get. I got a chance to 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 have my bias or have my prejudice, you know, in front of me, and I realized, okay, I'm done thinking and hearing and 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 being uh, and having perceptions about people that other people give me now that doesn't make me absolved i still say oh i think that guy's a jerk or blah 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 whatever but i also understand i'm never ever 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 passed down a grade or a judgment on someone until i'm in front of them talking to them there are people i don't like there are people i disagree with whatever the form i don't know but you know, I don't hate anything or anyone, and I, I tell people I don't hate them because it takes too—it's too takes too much effort to hate. Well, I got true. way more important things in the world to worry about than than hating somebody. Yeah, and I, I've often found that uh, it's—I I mean, t- to me, the opposite of love isn't hate; it's indifference. And yeah. Um, yeah. you know, okay, I, there you go, apathy. Yeah, you know exactly. that—that's that, such. A, I've become to realize it's a terrifying thing if you're not. Listen, uh, take off the table evil people like that, that can do no right. The, the evil, you know, special place in hell for you, the pedophiles, the, the, the evilness. But I would prefer to know you and I are in different sides of the coin and argue and debate rather than you not to care. That's right. I mean, think about the fact, think about, I, I don't know what the number is. It's some staggering number of millions of lives have been given in defense of this country and our freedoms and our rights. And have, these people have died for people in other countries and for us and for our families and security to give us the ability to do things that many, 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 many people can't do, which is vote. Right. What a sacred, uh, um, incredibly valuable uh, gift, yet barely half of us do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, and then barely half of us do it, but a hundred percent of us complain about it. That's true. You know, and and it, it, to, to everything else. I, listen, I, I'm I'm not a, a Sunday church religious goer, and I, I for you know I, I I ask for his forgiveness all the time, and I'm sure he's going to make the answer for it. At, at, at the end, but I don't have. A, I, I just want people to stand up for something. 
I'm so tired of watching people being bullied. And that's what this is. Honest to God, when you get back to all the stuff we've been talking about for me, um, when you get back to it and think about what, what's happened over the last year in my job, I've been bullied. And I'm in a position where it ain't gonna, I'm not going to let it go. I was going to say, would you, would you, would you do anything differently? Would you take it back? Would you not say it? Would you not tweet it? Would you do? I, no, no. Here's the thing. I would probably have sat down and talked with my kids, um, probably more about the conversation. You got to remember, my kids, my 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 teens are at an age where social things are everything. And so right. since there was some fallout on that end of things that were that really hurt me because it hurt them. Um, mm. it, but it, you know, the thing was. It was other people doing and saying things, yet I was the one that felt bad for the things they said and did. Gotcha. You know, and so I tried, that was where I said to my kids, I said, listen, you know, these people don't know you. Do not worry about what they say and do. But at that age, that's all there is, right? That's your social circles and all those things. So you know, I wish I would have probably been more communicative to them and with them about things that were going on. And, you know, I, I, I Regardless of what they stand for, I want them to stand for something, believe in something, care about something. And, you know, that, that, but no, nothing, because nothing I did, I, people think I, all the things that people are mad at me for doing, I didn't do. I'm not, a, I didn't mm. post a racist meme. I didn't right. ask, you know, none of the things people, but, but if you don't have that on your side, you don't have an argument against me. That's right, and that's why I asked you to, to talk about what your son said because that's one thing I took away from it that I haven't, I've only seen one place and in all the articles and in all the comments I've not seen anywhere else. And I thought that was a pretty important thing to leave out, uh, you know, when <laughs> basically, you know, raking you over the coals. Uh, we're up against the top of the hour break. Mr. Schilling, um, if you have time and, and would like to stick around, we could take some calls on the other side. Uh, or we can let minutes. you go. Yeah, all right. We'll, we'll just see how it goes in a few minutes. Uh, go ahead and take five, and uh, when you come back, we'll be we'll, we'll get some calls. But uh, all right. appreciate appreciate your your time. And folks, we're talking with Kurt Schelling, a baseball legend, but, but more importantly, a man of integrity and a man of character, and a man who says what he believes, believes what he says, and uh, does not run or back down from the facts, back down from his faith. And, and I really appreciate him. I really appreciate him as a man. I don't know baseball. Frankly, I don't know baseball. But I'll tell you something. I believe this man is not a hero in baseball to me. Because, again, I don't know him. But he's, he is a hero to me for standing up and saying, you know, this is what I believe. This is what... Uh, this is what I said. This is my minute. And uh, here he is, sacrificing the altar of political correctness. On top of the consequences, not having any regrets and That's being right. happy and able to continue. That's Folks, right. we'll be right back with Kurt Schilling on this edition of the Hagman Report. Give us a call, 844-769-2944. This is the Global Star Radio Network. You 
never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. It is Monday, the second day of May 2016. Our very special guest, Mr. Kurt Schilling, a family man. Uh, In fact, a father, a husband, father of four, I believe, right? Right, Kurt? Uh, Four four children? Four wonderful, three boys and a girl. Oh, beautiful. All smarter Uh, than me, apparently. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and, and you know something I didn't know about you you were born in Alaska not that that means yes. anything but yep. uh, nonetheless Anchorage Alaska. Alaska my dad was yeah, army so I, got I was you. a military brat cool yeah uh, well, well our best to Garrig, Gabriella, Grant and Garrison thank and you and of course Shonda our best uh, to your family yeah, alright folks it. yeah amen um <laughs> I look at my wife and I think, man, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't stand to be married to me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, and, and of course, your 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 website, your blog spot is thirty eight pitches dot wordpress dot com. Right, that's the number thirty eight. The word pitches dot wordpress dot com. Folks, he's on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, follow him, uh, definitely. Not hard he's, to find uh, me on either. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go ahead, show. folks. If you want to. Uh, Way and we have a few more minutes with Mr. Schilling. Yeah, busy guy. Eight four four seven six nine two nine four four. We're going to go to Levi and in first Levi. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Mr. Schilling. Hey, fellows. This is actually my second time calling. I'm um, known as Ram to the chat room, so I want to say okay. hey to him. Uh, God bless you guys as usual. Uh, I want to say this is my first time listening to you, Kurt. Um, but I've heard about you and I heard the whole situation, and I want to say I'm. I was an immediate fan, and I've identified with you so much. Oh, and thank I you. just want to, more than more than anything, just encourage you and anybody else who's just standing up for what they believe in. Yeah. And that's unfortunately what people don't understand. I think, personally, there are people my age, I'm 23, um, are programmed to uh, not understand. But I just wanted to uh, to bring up, I identify with you very much, I feel, because... I made a video 
not too long ago that I posted on Facebook for all my friends to see. And um, it was just kind of, um, sorry, I was just uh, addressing the issue and my own thoughts about homosexuality because it was a hot topic at the time. Right. And I really didn't say anything negative about it at all. And I looked, I, I listened to it very many times since then. And, and really, you know, there was nothing condemning and it was all loving. You know, I basically said, um, it's between you and God. Yep. You know, but people just immediately yep. associate it with so many other things. Right, now you're homophobic. And, you're, you're, yeah, all of those things. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Here, here's why, and, and that, that this happens because you and I, and all the people on this phone call here, we hear people say things like things that we say, and we say, well, that's inter I disagree, that's interesting, um, you know, and we want to debate and do whatever. Mm -hmm. People on the other side say, they, they, it's not about a debate. The minute that opinion is, comes out of your mouth, and this is an opinion, obviously, you're voicing your opinion, people immediately Absolutely. assume that's who you are, you're homophobic, you hate, mm -hmm. and all the things, because... Hate, yeah. They can't have, there is no intelligent conversation for them to have if you don't believe what they believe. And we know better. We know, yeah. listen, we all know we're gonna, we're gonna stand before them at the end and have to answer for all the dumb stuff we've done. And all this, you know, all the, and, and, but we're okay with that because we know, I think, I, I can speak for us when I say, we know we didn't do any of those things with intent to harm people. We did a lot of what we did because we thought it was right. We did some stuff we knew was wrong, and, you know, we'll pay for that. But at the end of the day, we, and I say we being this little group of guys talking, we understand the difference between a belief and an opinion. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make us feel any differently in a lot of ways. I, I don't care if you're homosexual. I don't care who you sleep with. I care if you're a good person. It's way beyond my pay grade to worry about those kind of things. Number one, I have more important things to worry about. But mm -hmm. why are we in a world now where everybody has to tell everybody else? That, that I mean, this whole transgender bathroom thing. Listen, I, I, I worked, when I owned my company, I had transgender employees. I, I, I have transgender young, transgender kids in and out. I don't care. I, I, they're good kids. They're great kids. They were some of the hardest working people I've ever known. Mm -hmm. The other stuff, that's not, that's not on my plate. That, 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 you know, that has nothing to do with me. I played with ball players that were gay. I, could you hit with runners in scoring position? Yes. Okay. I'm good. I don't care about the other stuff, but people want us to, they, they, I think, Atheists and people that aren't Christians and people that are transgender or, or homosexual, I, not all of them, obviously, but I think a lot of them want us to make, out, make their choice or their life as big a deal as they think it is. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a priority for us. We're worried about, you know, are we doing right by the Lord? Are we following the Word? You know, all the things that, that you know, as a Christian, we think about. And we, they're not any different than the things other people think about. But, but we don't have to put it out there on a pedestal and have everybody, you know, tell it. We, we, we don't go out and seek everyone else's approval for the things we do and say because we're comfortable with who we are. Right. It's, it's unfortunate that people can't just really read the Bible and have a, a personal relationship with God yeah. for themselves to then judge 
what we are going through because I have felt, you know, some weight on my shoulder, not weight, but, you know, freedom to speak my opinion about my beliefs and just love for Jesus Christ, feeling like a, something this great happens to anybody, they yeah. just want to tell everybody about well, it. But you, you know? but here's the thing, you know, you already know the answer there, right? I mean, you've read the Bible, you know that all those feelings of guilt and all that shame, they told us 2,000 years ago that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're going to get ostracized, and, and that's what makes this so special is that people don't see the fact that you know and I don't want to say make it sound like it's a hardship or a trial but being a Christian and admitting that publicly nowadays you put yourself in a position to be ridiculed and people a lot of people are afraid to do that we're not yeah yeah and I was gonna I was gonna mention also um, I, I feel like I felt like after posting that on Facebook you know not that I want to pay too much attention to what the world thinks because we're in the world, but no, we're not of the world. But I just noticed, I seem to be, I, I, I won Homecoming King in high school, I was a pretty popular guy, but I just noticed significantly since then, I felt like people just, like I said, identified me with somebody who was hateful, and then I got people commenting, you know, that I'm judgmental, and I'm thinking, whoa, 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 no, no, I do not sit on the great white throne of judgment, and I just think people don't know how I really feel about that. They just, like I said, one 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 time I commented something about uh, the transgender thing, and I, I think I, you know, I maybe was out of line, but somebody called me a racist. Right. Well, I should be my thing. Here's the thing. Again, you we know that's going to happen. Yeah. People that, and you know this as well as I do. If you think about it, all the responses you get like that are from people who hate or are bitter about their lives bitter about yeah. themselves or insecure with who they are because yeah. I mean you offered an opinion you know you don't hate people that are homosexual you're not against right. transgender people and yeah. so if you know those things then how can someone you don't know calling you those things negatively affect you unless you let it mm-hmm. you know who you are yeah, and there you go right? that's right you put Very your head on the pillow so. at night you have you one of the I think one of the great equalizers in all the world is that thirty seconds of, of quiet time at night when you put your head in the pillow and you can you cannot lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. As, you know, right. for me as an athlete, that's when I like you know, I'd lay down at night going, Yeah, I worked my butt off and I'd lay down and go, I, you know what, I probably could have done more. Everybody has those conversations around different times. You know. If you lay down at night and go, you know what? That was an incredibly racist thing to say. You know, I mean, you can say, but I didn't mean it that way. You know, you know the difference between right and wrong. And those conversations, if you can admit to yourself, part of being a great athlete, I always felt, was being able to be honest with yourself and assess yourself. I would argue that that's the same thing for being a a good person. You know who you are. You know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Do you care enough about your weaknesses to try and fix them? Or do you care about, you know... When did needing other people that you don't know's acceptance become such an important thing? My family knows who I am. My kids, my wife, my friends. So when people call me homophobic or when people call you, you know, a racist, and it's so far from reality, you know there's nothing you're going to say or do to get that person to come back to, oh, yeah, wait, I was wrong. You're a really good guy. Amen. So, you, you know, don't, don't lose sleep over the fact that people you don't know don't like you because they don't know you. Now, when you screw up and you're wrong, it, you know, that's the other piece. I find it very hard nowadays. I make a lot of mistakes. I, I do something and say something stupid pretty much daily. Not intent, no intent, not, not malicious, but I'm okay with being wrong. I don't want to be, but yeah, you know what? I screwed up. I made a mistake. 
wow, it's so hard for people to be there. Like that, yeah. that, that's almost like people feel like they're admitting to being a bad person if they made a mistake. And I'm a, you know, I'm good. Hey, the only perfect human that ever walked this earth lived a couple thousand years ago. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, I mean, Amen, brother. As long as we know, you know, uh, that we, we have to know who good. we are. Yep, and You're that's right. where the humility starts. Because once you understand that no one is good, we're all equally uh, revolted in sin. Then, right. then we can be humble. Then we can work with others. Levi, yeah. thank you for your call, brother. We're going to move on to Reggie. We have a limited amount with Kurt Schilling, baseball legend Kurt Schilling, and a man that I consider to be a man of integrity and, and character, um, despite what you read about in the press. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> or my kids tell you. Yeah, or, there you go. Yeah, I got, I got, a, I got four of my own. So uh, one sitting next to me. I get it. All right, Reggie, from out, you're live on the Hackman Hackman Report. Doug and Joe, thank you for taking my call. Kurt, thank you for uh, what you're doing. And, thank uh, you. My heart goes out to you. Thank you. Um, you know, you, you mentioned earlier about Israel, and you, you brought up a good fact of, you know, how is this country, this you know, the size of Rhode Island, able to survive in their environment? And I've always thought that's one of the great arguments oh, yeah. um, against people who believe in the stuff they believe in that's crazy. Yep. And um, I just want to ask you: Do, do you um, have you studied a lot of Bible prophecy and oh yeah, other topics in that area? Because yep. it's it's a great defense against those who believe in evolutionism. Oh yeah, sure, sure. But you know what, I, Reggie? I find a lot of people that there is a group uh, uh, outside of. Christianity who are on the fence and they're not sure. Um, and then there's a group that no matter what you say, there's no possible way evolution isn't exactly the way scientists say it is. I'll have a conversation with either one of those people. I'll debate with either one of those people. And I'll, I think I'll bring a lot of facts to the table. The argument against Jesus as the Son of God, the argument against evolution, every ounce of it's hypothesis. Right. And so people in the scientific world want to say, you know, hypothesis in theory is actually scientific fact and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, it's not. I, I hate to tell you that, and I don't mean to sound like I'm trying to sound smarter than you, but, but I know, and I read about people that saw Jesus. Not only did they see him, they saw him after he was killed, alive. Not, not, mm -hmm. a, not one or two people. It wasn't, you know, finding a book under a tree or a guy coming out of a cave saying he spoke with God. It was hundreds and hundreds of people, including some of the most heinous, evil human beings on the planet that despised Jews. Why would anybody right. testify to that that was against the Jewish people if it didn't happen? Because all that does is lend further credence to Jesus as a divine being. So, right, right. Yeah, I, I think it's just further proof that uh, Satan's working under the scenes to try and yeah. deceive people, and uh, you know we're living in a tough world. It's yep. um, my dad's in the same boat. You know, he's he uh, more of the evolution line, and um, you know I work with guys. I work in a type A environment around guys, and these these conversations come up, and every time they come up, I always bring up the the Bible prophecy part of it, and it's like, hey, listen, if there's a higher God. How do you explain all this stuff? How do you explain right. Israel? How do you explain the things in the Bible that say it happened, that happened, right. and they're going to happen? How do you do that? And it, it right. seems to stump them. Well, but you know what they do? It's it's and, and I, I say they again. We're not trying to lump everybody in, but the people that I've talked to that that are immovable, 
everything that they counter from a Bible, a, pro, a prophetic uh, perspective, or you know, some of the facts about and around Jesus' life is, yeah, but it could have been. But it could have been. And, well, this could have happened. Well, there's so many. Yeah, they can do, they're okay with some of the most improbable theories ever in the world happening rather than just accepting that maybe it was true. And so yep. I, I like to point people to um, uh, Josephus, the, the, the historian. Uh, I mean, the documentation for Jesus as a, as a being uh, is found in, in, in an enormous amount of text outside of the Bible, outside of Scripture. And you, when you yeah. read, you know, what was it? it was, yeah, it was Josephus, the, the, he was the, the, the Jewish historian who hated Jews. Right. You know, he talked about yeah. Jesus as a sorcerer. So, okay, what do we know that sorcerer stands for? Magician, blah, 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 you know. So he clearly saw and witnessed or would talk to people who witnessed Jesus doing things that other people couldn't explain. Now, I, you know, every, you, you hear all these theories, right? Like hypnotized and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, mm. I don't know if there's a theory around someone being dead and him putting his hands on her and having her come back to life. I think I think we got a pretty good historical account of, of the yeah, life, yeah, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm with that. Once you, once you show me that whole resurrection thing, all right, yeah. you win. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh man, hey Reggie, thanks for the call. We're gonna we're gonna uh, we'll, we'll do one more with you, Kurt, and then yeah, let you go. Hard go. All right, Lars, uh, Lars, you're up with Mr. Kurt Schilling. Lars, go ahead. Kurt, God bless you, brother. You too. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, just uh, wanted to know what your handicap is in golf. You know what? It was uh, it was a two. I had it down to a two, um, uh, and then when I, that was probably right before two thousand four. After I hurt my ankle, I did golf for years, um, so it's okay. probably back up there. But you know, depending on okay. the wager, uh, my handicap is what it needs <laughs> to be. <laughs> there you go. Well, I just wanted to you know we we go out to the Edgewood Golf Course, you know, and the uh, the the pros go out there, a lot of the players and stuff, and maybe you right. get an invitation out there in July. Um, I was going to ask you, do you know Donnie Moore? I do know Donnie Moore. Yes. Okay, he's a brother. I know him uh, not real well, but I've been around him a few times. Do you know Coach Edwards, Herm Edwards? Yep, uh, very well. I love the man. Okay. Love him. I, I'm. Yeah, I talk with him periodically, um, and I'm kind of going somewhere with here. Uh, okay, so Deion Sanders, you know, he's a believer, and yep. Um, I, I believe that you were taken out of Babylon for a real, real specific reason. <laughs> My, uh, you know what I. And I and I appreciate that. I I I, I think, stop trying to guess it. I'm I'm okay with whatever the amen. path is. Amen. <laughs> and I just ask God. I'm, I'm going to ask God in Jesus' name, Father. I ask you to touch Kurt and his family, Father God. And I I ask that the greatest favor of your blessings would be upon him, and let him speak even bolder than Donald Trump, Lord. May your Holy Spirit do great things. And I ask God that you open up great doors for him. I believe, Kurt, that um, you're going to be used in a capacity, and I know Coach Edwards very well. We talk periodically. Um, I send a message to you on your Facebook uh, with my number, okay. and I'd love to talk with you sometime awesome. and uh, just show you some of the strategies of what God's showing me in the end time. Thank you. I will look into that. I'll be in touch. Uh, well, Lars, thank you so much for the call. Thank you. And, and right, Kurt, God, God bless you, my friend. Hey, thank you so you much thank for, for spending me. so much time. Oh, it, it was a blast, man. I'm, uh, please come back anytime. Yep. And um, you'll be in our prayers, your family. And, Likewise. Uh, oh, 
Thank you again. God bless you. All right, gentlemen, brother. you take care. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Folks, right, that was Kurt you. Schilling. That was Kurt Schilling from, uh, oh, man, uh, if you don't know who Kurt Schilling is, well, then quit living under the rock that you're living under. Um, what a guy. Making news, of course, news with uh, the, uh, well, the ESPN and the, uh, really, uh, he, he's... And to me, it he, sounded he like really he was sacrificing for political correctness. Yeah. And what Lars said there at the end, um, that it was done for a reason. You know, I, I believe that's yeah, true. Yeah, and I, I believe that, uh, Mr. Schilling is, is open and willing and, and let the Lord take him where he may because, uh, who knows? Uh, here too, he could, um, you know, be one of the, the top talk shows, you know, if he goes down that endeavor, he could be, uh, you know, it was you know it was a pretty. I'm not going to talk out of school here, but it was a pretty interesting conversation during the break about things that pretty interesting conversation. I'll just say that, and, and I do see where Mr. Mr. Schelling could very well come out with a uh, with a very robust talk show and really appeal to a large segment and really make a difference, more of a difference than he could at ESPN. So God is constantly moving. I believe moving people. Into the places that he needs us to be, and I think Kurt Schilling is, is perhaps one of the uh, one of those people. Do you think? I mean, just, just based on what I again, based on that 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 little segment of conversation that we had uh, during the so. It's funny, well, you know, when we used to do private investigation work, especially when I started working it with you in the beginning. Yeah. What would I always listen to on the radio? You'd have Rush Limbaugh and, and, and yeah, yeah. I'd be listening to the sports talk. That's right. We'd fight over the radio. Yep. And uh, <laughs> well, it was fine. I mean, to think back. Did, to did, that, you ever, did you ever think you'd be talking to Kurt Schilling though? No, no, never. I mean, you know, uh, a legend, the sports legend, great guy, and what a down to earth man. And again, and I and I stand by this, talking with him on air, off air. Um, a man of integrity and character, and one who believes, uh, who believes in what he's what he says. I mean, yeah, and and he is a, a believer in Christ. Yeah, and just to to speak on this, you know, he he talked about apathy, mentioned that a lot, and uh, we got to this point how everything's you know upside down um, and backwards, you know. It's, it gets to a point in society as it's being marginalized and subjected to different uh, changes of, of morality where it is slow going and you don't see much activity to, it's kind of like a storm, uh, storm or a, a snowball going down a hill. It gets bigger and it's stronger and right. um, it yep. all comes at once at the very end. And we're seeing that push towards the, the, uh, complete moral breakdown. I mean, I believe all all that is needed is for people not to to show up at work or to turn the lights off, and you would see this country tear itself apart with days. You know, five percent of the people well, be left alive. Yeah, and that's something that that we I started out with talking about because if you look at the uh, at the at the extreme divide here of our country, when we're looking at this election as the with such importance. I mean, do you see that? Where oh yeah, this is going to change everything, and it's going to right. happen in the moment that the election is over. And if Donald Trump wins, obviously, yeah, okay, you know. yeah, you've got two camps. You've got let's take America back and make America great again. That's that one camp. 
and I'll include Cruz in that, although Cruz represents uh, ostensibly the establishment more than Trump does. So let's just on the, on the right, we'll put Trump and Cruz. So take America back, make America great again. And then on the left, you've got this polar opposite ideology. And it's not, forget about for a moment, folks, forget about the people, the candidates themselves. You can get all that talk during daytime syndicated talk shows. It's not the people that matter in this discussion. It's the difference to me of ideologies, of beliefs, of, of, of the end result here that where we're headed. Now, you have to ask this question. If you believe truly that this is the most important election in modern history, then you believe in that, in that deep chasm, that deep abyss that we are fast, you know, headed toward, I believe. I mean, that's the only, that's my analysis of this. And that's what you believe. Then number one, how did we get here? Why are we here? And I think if you look back, and Joe, this is just from what I've been able to determine based on my research, uh, America exists for a purpose. And, and this does speak even back to its foundations. America exists as a, for a purpose to, to stop the, the old world order, the, from the plains of Shinar, the, the Nimrod, the Babylonian aspect, to stop that. We, that's what America exists. And we're a strong country because we're isolated to the extent we've got an ocean on both sides, oceans on both sides, and we've got large borders on, uh, yeah, defensible borders nonetheless, um, on land. So having said all of that, we stand as this barrier to this new world order. But we also stand to be the prize of the globalists who destroy it. Does that make sense? I think it does. And what better way to destroy it? Do you want to do it with bombs or the Bel Air's way of eradicating, uh, you know, millions upon millions? Ah, you know, an easier way, although a more you got to be more patient, is to infiltrate through Trojan, Trojan horses, if you will, infiltrate the, the 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 various aspects of our society. You've got to at the same time dumb down the population, mind numb the population. And only then can you affect the change you need, soften up the populace, infect the churches. And when I say churches, I'm not talking about the physical buildings. I'm not talking about any specific denomination. I'm talking about the movement, the Christian movement, and and infect the Christian movement with, with apostasy, with heresy, and, and with ankle biters. That's how you get to do it, to the point where no one either has the guts or the desire to stand up or the will to say, wait a minute, this isn't right. This is not right. The, uh, because I'll come on the air, Joe and I will come on the air, and we'll, we will say flat out, if you are a guy, if you got the if you got the plumbing of a guy, that's your bathroom right there. It's the one with the you know without the skirt. I don't care what you what I I don't care what you you know what mentally you uh, associate with what gender. You got the plumbing, you go there. You ain't got the plumbing, 
that door over there. And now if you cross the two, and my daughter, my wife's in there, you're going to have some problems. You better call, you better call the cops now, cause it's going to get up. I may not win, cause I'm only good for like the first 30 seconds. Then I got to do the rest of the fight from a chair. That <laughs> or, or have, have a friend stand in for me. But, what's right is right. But we, under attack is our moral and spiritual fabric of this country. That's what's under attack. I mean, and, and here you have a guy like Kurt Schilling standing up and saying basically the same thing. And, and getting axed from ESPN. Hey, you don't mess with the mouse apparently, right? Don't mess with the mouse. Huh. But this is what it's all about. Are we in the end times? Yeah, I think, I think we are. I, I don't, th- I don't think it takes much to, to really believe well, that. I mean, it's very easy to look for. I mean, when we look in scripture, there are many references to the end times. And starting in, I don't know, the New Testament and Second Peter 2 is a popular one. Uh, but there were all, false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who really shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them uh, upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their uh, pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evilly yep. spoken of. Yep. And through covetousness, and they shall with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God had spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into change and into darkness, to be reserved unto the judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned Mm-hmm. them with an overthrown, making an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. And it goes on, it says but chiefly that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government presumptuous they are self-willed they are not afraid to speak evil, evil of dignitaries whereas angels were greater in power and might bringing not railing accusations against them before the Lord but these as natural brute beasts being made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of things they have understanding of not and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Yep. And this is what we see today. Uh, you know, and it goes on. And they shall receive their reward of unrighteousness. They account it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having their eyes full of idolatry and they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls who mm-hmm. exercise covetous practices cursed children yeah 
and it goes on uh, to say we are these are wells without water clouds they're carried with a tempest whom the midst of the darkness is reserved forever meaning they're not Cool. Well, clearly, really, then. I mean, the bottom line. There's nothing too much for them. They're always wanting this. Uh, they promise liberty themselves. They are servants of corruption, for whom man has overcome the same he has brought in bondage. It, to, uh, and it goes on from there. And, you know, in the New Testament, from Thessalonians to Timothy, Peter to Jude, um, and from the four Gospels, all of them have... And times references in them, and the book of Revelation is the beginning to the end. And all throughout the Old Testament, they had preachings of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Daniel recognized it. Very few others did. And when it, when the Lord came, as He said, He was killed, even though being righteous. Not committing one sin against one person, he was killed for no reason. What is our future going to look like, knowing we are sinners? I mean... Exactly. We have to to think, not looking at somebody else as us being better than them, but we should always look at other people as they're better than us. As... uh, Practice and patience and humility, I'd say. Otherwise, right. uh, if we think, I mean, as soon as we start to think we're better in any way, <clears throat> people, uh, humility disappears and pride engulfs. And there's this, an old saying, there's, uh, obviously we know we're spirit and flesh, and those two are basically uh, magnets against each other. They reject each other. Um, the saying is in your stomach you have two wolves Um, which one wins in the fight and it's you know the one that eats the other one the one you feed most which one are you going to feed most the spirit or the flesh and that's the question you have to ask yourself with humility and uh, start there I mean as I said earlier just read a bible verse in the morning before you get out of bed say a prayer be grateful be grateful for waking up and thank God and go about your day if nothing else you'd be surprised at what and how you you observe the things that change in your life and around your life thanks for that we always need to remember that um, we, we, we can't afford uh not, I mean, we can't afford to forget that. By the way, folks, I'll be a, I'll be a guest tomorrow night on uh, Darkness Radio. Tomorrow night or tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow night, uh, I'll be a guest from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Twin Cities, a.m. 1130. Um, Darkness Radio. You can, I think it's darknessradio.com. <laughs> yeah, a.m. 11:30 out of Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, from 11 or yeah, 11 o'clock p.m. to 1 a.m. That's Eastern Time. So whatever that you know translates. So. Um, you got um, three hours, hour break, two hours. That's right. 
That's right. And, and I'll be talking specifically only about, uh, so I mean, you, you know, so you don't tune in and uh, expecting something else. I'll be talking only about the release of my book behind the scenes a little bit. Uh, they, I'll be a guest on their true crime guest segment. And uh, my book, Stained by Blood, again, available on Amazon. Or you can go to stainedbyblood.com. Uh, Here's a commercial I'm for it, stainedbyblood.com. Coloring and, uh, book. Um, I was thinking, you know. Coloring book. You said Stained by Blood, and I thought, oh. Yeah, no, yeah, I said I was. heck of a color. You just you <laughs> a couple of shades of red, right? No, anyway. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, people like yeah, the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I got, uh, I, I got quite Good reviews, which uh, I'm humbled by. By that, uh, I've had a few conversations uh, I haven't even mentioned to you uh, with people who've read your book and oh, that's um, good. gave yeah. some positive feedback. Oh, that's good. But anyway, I just wanted to make that announcement. The other thing too, you know, Obama. Did you hear about this? He appointed a La Raza radical to control domestic policy. Now, this is some time ago. This is not recently, but this. Okay, here's why this is important today what we're seeing here with with obama the appointment of his open borders and such um we have got this we have got this uh controlled and deliberate in infusion as i as i got to earlier what's causing this um this mess with respect to uh uh the the divisiveness here in our country we have groups of people who refuse to assimilate. And uh, when you appoint some, somebody like the, the head of La Raza or a member of uh, uh, La Raza to control your immigration policy. Well, they're masters policy. in human trafficking. Why not? I mean, it's better than yeah. a degree from a university. They got, you know, yeah. real-life training. Well, again... Um, Please, 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 just understand what we're, you know, what we're um, dealing with here. And, um, uh, man, I, I just, I, there's so much going on. Now, tomorrow night we're going to be covering the, the we're going to give you coverage of the primaries tomorrow night. And um, in, in Indiana, <coughs> excuse me, latest polls yes. are con- contrary to those that were floating around last week. Yes. This from California, Trump, fifty-four, Cruz twenty. In the lays in the Annapol, Trump ahead seventeen points, where he was down twenty-five. Well, you, it was interesting because on on, on the Sunday morning news programs where Cruz had done his such effort, whatever might have might have been, um, one poll showed uh, Trump. Ahead by a large margin. Another poll showed Cruz ahead by a large margin in Indiana. All right. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I believe there's a lot of manipulations taking place, and that's plural with different polls, and 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 it's it's for a pre- predetermined outcome. So I think that's uh, that's interesting. Before I forget, I want to thank Greg Jackson too for arranging yeah. that, uh, helping to arrange the interview with uh, Kurt Schilling. And, uh, you know, working a lot behind the scenes. Uh, is, he's uh, going to be on with down. us, too, uh, next Monday if he still wants to come on. We're going to. If he still wants to come on? Yeah, right, if he still he wants to come on. Change his mind or what? Well, no, we, we tentatively set that okay. date, so. All right. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he's got a lot to say about what we see with the, not only the election, but especially the, um, 
Right. The transgender issue from Target to the the problem that never was a problem until it was made a problem. And I say that because I think one of the, you know, who, when have you ever heard any complaint, uh, police report, you know, of any kind of craziness of, of the wrong person in the wrong bathroom? Yes. Just, just, I mean, you hear crazy things like people putting, uh, hidden cameras and, and stuff like that in bathrooms. It's, uh, yeah. You hear, th- but you don't, I mean, this whole, you know, letting men go into women's rooms and women go into men's rooms, it wasn't a problem. And if it was, it wasn't noticeable to where it bothered those people who were in the bathrooms at those times. There, I don't ever remember one incident where, you know, they would, there was a story about, uh, some, Guy dressed up as a woman going in the woman's oh, bathroom oh, who was found oh, out oh, it was really a man oh. and it caused a stir. Well, they you know, created they the problem, right? Right. And it right. was, and you know, looking at this book, the globalization syndrome. Yeah. It talks about the social changes and uh, the go the transferring from democracy to whatever end state of government. Because I guess you go from a republic or you can go from right. one to democracy to the end. And in this, it talks about how they have to create these uh, cor- civil society, corruption of civil society. And through the corruption of civil society, what they say they do is they uh, become corrupted, tore yes. away from theories that spawn the uh, private foundation states and multilateral agencies seek to develop civil society. To develop There's it. an evolution you're talking about. Right. It's, it's, although in theory, the independent institutions of civil society help check the state and shape public policy often become a front of corruption, uh, symbolically related to it. And it goes on to say that at best, global civil society is a nascent yet important normative force for future world order. If so, new social movements in eschatology, human rights, feminism are both local and transnational assertions of popular control, constituting a backlash against the downside of globalization. And it goes on to say that um, what they have to do is, as you said with the rules earlier, the more laws, the more corruption. Right, uh, this and that was a state. truism. Uh, Cicero had said that basically, you paraphrase Cicero, yes. Yeah, this goes on to state that uh, in the globalization restructuring of the state and uh, the tearing away of civil society uh, through this process, you, a state is in its uh, courteous and role, invites global organized crime. The more crippled the state, the greater its <laughs> susceptibility to global crime. Uh, they say transnational organized crime groups undercut civil society and with immunity breaking down weaknesses and resistance that uh, infecting civil society with various forms of corruption. And it goes on to list examples, but uh, this is what it breaks down to. It's a clear evolution that we're involved in right now. They try to break it down to, and we've seen it, you mentioned at the beginning, the uh, racial lines, the class lines, uh, the religious lines, they break it down so that when everything is so bad, everybody hates each other. If we were living as the example instead mm-hmm. of 
as the world wants us to, when everything breaks down, we would love and take care of each other. Well, but that's not going to happen. Not going to happen because we've been so corrupted, and the law has been so corrupted. And this goes back to Isaiah 32, where it talks about, um, you know, how they oppress the poor through liberal policies, and you know they they say that they, uh, you know, use the poor for their own uh, private agendas. Well, they say they stick up for them and, and use them as a justification to take action socially. They oppress the poor more. And this is the welfare state we see today. Yeah, indeed. And, and it's, I know that's, and it didn't maybe not sound right, the welfare state. But no, not I think it's, I think it's more accurate than just not. Just giving things to people to the point where generation after generation now expects that it's just going to come versus helping somebody get it for themselves. It's like teaching somebody, you know, you can teach uh, a man to fish. Or what is it? You can give a man a fish. Mm, He'll eat once. Yeah, you can teach him to yeah, fish. Basically, he eats yeah. Life. Yeah. People are not being taught to fish. No. They're being given the fish. And when we and here's the other aspect of this too, as a, to me as it applies to uh, the assault on Christianity, uh, which which I see just incredibly, uh, it's it just it, Christians in America and Kurt Schilling really referenced this uh, heavily. The Christians in America are, are under fire. We're being attacked. We are being um, a lot is taking place at an alarming rate, and there's a lot of talk, right? Right, there's a, there's been a lot of talk about about the attacks on Christianity. Uh, let me just be clear. Now, t- uh, Greg Jackson had uh, really driven this point home, but I want to be clear about a few things here. As Christians and as and as people, I think that we all need to stand together on this. That no court in the land has the authority to redefine our morality. Um, no court has the authority to redefine. Biblical marriage, or, or you know, it's interesting that that we have a uh, this fallacy of judicial supremacy, of which Greg Jackson talks a lot about. That has opined that murder is not murder, that marriage is not marriage, and family is not family. It, it, and while they, they do that judicially, they're doing it uh, via the yes. law. With the agencies allowing the uh, executive branch agencies to write law, you know, it, any and all attempts to to define morality different than God has defined it in the Bible is a form of blasphemy. It's a form of rebellion. It's a form of disobedience. And blasphemy against God, against the holy nature, and against His law, and is against His people. This nation. The United States, think about this, at its most highest of levels, has blasphemed and stood up against God. And there was a sermon, and I don't recall the pastor's name recently on uh, God TV, who talked about... um, Talked about the uh, blasphemous rebellion that's energized by 
the corruption of the collection of sinful hearts which make up this nation, or any nation for that matter. There's no question about that, but behind this collection of, of sinful, corrupt human hearts is the realm of Satan and his minions, his demons. In the Bible, so Satan holds the world in his hands, and the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. Of course, we understand that, but we should not be surprised, obviously. Uh, we and should Satan not be surprised. not fighting against you know, those people who are already apathetic and indifferent, who are already turned over or not paying attention, not caring about or believing in religion. He's focused solely on those who are he well, right. who are the elect right he's not going to bother the people that are already in his camp he's going to go after the ones who aren't and you know it's interesting because one of the uh, divisive issues is that of marriage of course and the the, the uh, traditional nuclear family uh, you've got a man and a woman a male and a female uh that's that's traditional marriage and marriage is extremely critical to the God's design, and when it, 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 you can't have marriage between a guy and a guy and a woman and a woman, the parts just don't fit, and things right. don't happen. Okay, and marriage will always be between a man and a woman, just because the you know some court and and a wicked nation said so doesn't overturn God's law. See, we have to understand that. But but I mean the Bible makes everything pretty clear. Uh, a male a man is a man, a woman is a woman, of, uh, and a marriage is between a man and a woman. There's there's no other. There's nothing else. Uh, I I don't find anything. I don't find anything in the Bible right that that provides for anything else. And um, <laughs> you know what what is this going to lead to here? This is we're we're already seeing and and people laughed at us when the uh, Burgerfeld decision came down about uh, and people laughed at Coach Dave Dobmar that that this is going to lead into sex with animals and sex mm-hmm. you know sex uh, it's pedophilia. already come out in the pedophilia yes. they want yeah. a special uh, classification yep um, kind of they identify as you know go figure yeah I mean they're when you, when you ask uh how how bad does it get well however bad you can imagine then multiply it by a thousand and then imagine it's all coming at you too in all with all its force we're told to endure and not only to endure but to be happy when it does. But, but we have to be to me i think we have to all stand up like dietrich bonhoeffer did and 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 minister but not cooperate you know the issue of of homosexual marriage it's not about homosexual marriage it's about the total obliteration total uh annihilation of the of god's family god's design and and the covenant of marriage. Right. I mean, and, the whole thing with homosexual marriage, just as you said, not about marriage. It's not. If two men want to live together for the rest of their lives under a civil union or even go to the courthouse and get a, a certificate of cohabitation or whatever, that's fine. But they've brought it into a union or a, a stable of church. They've well, brought it into a... I mean, you get married in a church because you're married... Uh, your spouse and with you know the almighty lord putting you two together bringing you as one right yeah yeah and 
There's no, there's there's no better relationship than a husband and wife, I believe. But, right. They just you know. wanted to bring that into the churches. And not only that, they wanted the churches to say, yes, we, we are willing to have homosexual pastors. Yes, we are willing to. Yes, we'll conform. Yes, we will. How many times are you going to conform? And then, you know, that mark of the beast comes. And you're so used to conforming, you fall right into it. That's, yes. And, and, or you check yourself at every... Yep. Every change and, and, you know, analyze it, pray and, and discern and you won't be taken by surprise. But you go along to get along. We are not going, even though Christians are in the crosshairs right now, even though uh, the normal God marriage, the godly designed marriage between a man and a woman are in the crosshairs, even though the unborn are in the crosshairs. We are not going to bow. We are not, uh, I mean, we're, 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 we are all the targets. If you're listening to this program, you're a target. We are in the crosshairs. We are under, we will be under fire, but we must Press forward. We must not be intimidated. We must not acquiesce. We must not surrender. The Bible's not illegal yet. We still are able to move around and communicate freely and basically function, not at the best level or even a good level in this country's history, but we can coexist in this world. We're coming to a point where Christianity does not or a Christian, there is no place in the future of this utopia and this new world order for a person who depends on, or who who won't depend on uh, others instead of God. When somebody depends only on God and won't conform to the world, they have no use for you because they know they can't take what you have away. You won't give it away. So you're worthless to them. They're gonna kill, they're gonna kill us. They're gonna kill you. But they're gonna do it, if you show any weakness, they're gonna do everything they can to try to make you conform, you know, playing to your weaknesses. Uh, well if you, you know, if you're cold, you can come get this mark and be warm and have money and have food. We're gonna have to go through the wilderness of the flesh, literally. As we go through this end time That's system. Right. And I find it interesting, Breitbart's reporting, of course, that I don't know how many people watch television, but apparently, and I'm going to end with this, the ABC television program, Quantico, they took a shot at Trump in Sunday night's episode last night. They hit him? Oh, it was revealed that American malicious, uh, they pictured a, uh, America, an American militia. They shouted the GOP presidential Trump's slogan, Make America Great Again, before an attack in Chicago. Here's the episode Drive. So think about that. Predictive programming? Absolutely. Watch what is about to take place because things are going to change radically, I believe, this summer, folks. Until tomorrow, stand day out, hour number three tomorrow. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks, Kurt Schilling. Thanks, Greg Jackson. God bless each and every one of you. Till tomorrow. God bless. This is the Global Star Rate. The Genesis Communications.